Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. Good morning out there, sports fans. Welcome to the Sports Offensive. I'm your host, Mark Ademas. I am back in the Rocky Mountain State after spending most of the week down in Florida and uh, couldn't be happier to be back. Although I got to say, I was a little disappointed in how mild the weather was down in Florida. First time I've ever been. I kind of thought should be warm, should be sunny, should be beach weather, should be all that kind of thing. And it was uh, about 60 degrees. So, uh, have you guys ever been to Florida? Uh, I've been there plenty of times. <laughs> uh, nope. Now, have you been there in the winter? Uh, I've been in there in the winter. I've been there in the summer. I've seen the flying cockroaches. I've been to Disney World twice. <laughs> <laughs> they have flying cockroaches? The flying palmetto, or whatever they are, they're flying cockroaches and everything like that. Well, I am thrilled then that I uh, was not there, uh, or at least that was not the, <laughs> that was not the experience of the trip that I was on. So. Um, I do. Uh, I did see an alligator. It's all that, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, I don't know the difference between an alligator and a crocodile, but my buddy Ryan, who grew up in Florida, he was pretty adamant. He's like, "That's an alligator, not a crocodile." Yeah. You're, you're not going to find many crocs in Florida, and crocs are the one that'll eat you. Yeah. Alligators tend to stay away from you unless you really provoke them. So, okay. if you look at the snout mm-hmm. of a gator and a crocodile, the gator has kind of a long or broader, rounded snout. Whereas the crocodile is much more thin and kind of elongated mm-hmm. and a little more pointy at the tip. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. getting that close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that thing was um, it was like right on the banks of yeah, one of the that's ponds. What, that's what they do. Yep. I took a picture from a little ways away, you know, and zoomed in a little bit. One of the people I was golfing with went like up to the thing as close as they could get and get a selfie. And I was like, you are out of your mind, man. Those things can run like 13 miles an hour. Oh, no, and like 25 yeah, they, miles an hour. They can. Bursts up to 30. Really? It, yes. It's, it's not unheard of for an alligator to attack a human if they're that close, especially if you're like leaning into one of the little swamp ponds down there. Yeah. If a gator sees you and doesn't realize it's a human, they could very well pull you in. In fact, I think it just well, happened on a retirement home about yeah. a month ago. Now, this wasn't, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't in the water. Yeah, he was he, walking. He was on the grass. Yeah. So, um, and and I, I didn't even realize that's what it was until someone pointed it out. I thought it was like a rock. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, and the thing was not moving. Didn't move. You the whole saw time. when you were golfing. Yeah, it was. On, yeah. I mean, it was on hole like fourteen. I yeah, think. there's they're all over on the golf courses down there. Oh, so yeah. you know, my dad lives down there. I'm going actually yeah. in a couple of weeks here. Uh, actually, about a month from today, I think the first of March we leave. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be cool, man. You know, the golfing is fun, especially this time of year when it's cold as shit here, you know. I love going down there and uh, walking the beach, and, you know, there's some great food places. Naples is a cool little town. Oh, Naples is awesome. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Florida's cool. I, I felt kind of bad, though, because a lot of the girls who were there went, did you know, because there was four team-building events you could do. There was the golf course and golf round. There was the uh, deep sea fishing, which was my secondary choice. Okay. Then there was the Barnum and Bailey uh, Museum, okay. and then there was the beach. And uh, you, you, you chose an order of your preferences, and they tried to like accommodate everybody for what they wanted to do. And I felt bad for people on the beach, man, because I mean, sixty degrees on the beach—that's not really, you know. And it was also cloudy. So yeah. And of course, the day that we are all leaving, it was like seventy-three <laughs> and bright and sunny. So 
just how it goes. In yeah, fact, of course. It was bright and sunny every day except for the, <laughs> for the activity day. So um, I feel bad for I, – I, like I said, I feel bad for him. By the way, if you're out there listening, uh, we do appreciate you tuning in. If you can do us a huge favor and like us on Facebook – Follow us on Twitter at both. We're under the handle at the SPT Offensive. We're on Instagram under the handle the Sports Offensive with underscores between the words. And you can head to our station website at thesportsoffensive.com. There you can learn about us and our shows. Listen to current and prior episodes again at thesportsoffensive.com. You can always catch us live via the Blog Talk Radio player on our site and check us out on demand. Uh, on demand, excuse me. Also on Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, iHeart, Stitcher, and as an iTunes podcast. We do want to thank our show supporters, Idiot Cult T-Shirts, <clears throat> Health Guru EK Fit, and the Space Savers at Operation Organize. You can find all of them and links to their uh, sites on our site. We also love callers. Go ahead and call in anytime, 929-477-3204. Well, I tell you what, that's burrito. That was that a mouthful. <laughs> oh, well, I was just reading the, you know, the blurb. But the uh, that burrito that I that uh, we got here, and thank you, JP. Uh, this one's definitely got some spice to it, and like my mouth keeps like uh, watering, <laughs> so I got to keep like swallowing, gulping down while I'm trying uh, to talk. I'm worried about eating mine now. Jeez, <laughs> it's gonna light me up. And I have a I have a pretty weak. I, I have a white person's uh, tongue for without without. As question. do I. <laughs> so, uh, JP, on the other hand, does not. No, not even close. <laughs> we've told we've told the story. Oh, about I've tried the... to kill this guy at least twice with hot sauce, and he just laughs at me. <laughs> <laughs> You're right on that yeah. one. <laughs> oh, I know. I just never forget that um, party you had at your house, and we all went there from when we were all living on Ithaca, yep. and you had the wings and Bloody Marys. And I'll never forget you had Bloody Marys separated into two um, containers. Spicy, spicy and extra and, spicy. Spicy and non-spicy. <laughs> I, the non-spicy one burned so bad I ran to the sink and turned on the faucet to drink water to try and cool <laughs> off a little bit. I just can't even imagine what was in the spicy one. No, you didn't even want to know. Oh, good <laughs> Lord Almighty. It's probably blended ghost peppers. Or yeah. Something. Oh, God. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, whew, whoa, man, just even thinking about it. And then I remember eating the wings. My tongue went numb from how hot the wings were. I was oh, just yeah. Like, oh, I like, I like to doing, reduce man? that sauce down really thick and make it napalm. <laughs> that is. It's like a boiling tar pit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, Woo. Yeah, this is spicy, but but it is tasty. No, it is, man. I, I've, I've eaten Santiago's like twice this week. I, I was going to say, we've got to give them a blurb. I mean, yeah, I mean, Santiago's the guys every... and girls down there, man, they're awesome. They take care of really good care of it. Every time I've walked in there now twice this week on a Tuesday and a Thursday, wine just as bad as a Saturday. You yeah. Know, I, at the, the, uh, there's the one that's on 104th and like near Zunai, and that one has got a two-sided drive-up. Mm-hmm. And I mean... That hut couldn't be more than like, like the size of my kitchen. It's like, like that little place that I took you to, down by my house. It has a drive oh, up oh, on yeah, each side. Same, it's same probably thing. a little smaller than that, though. It is. I guess yeah. it's tiny. And yeah. I mean, I, I I feel bad for the people in there. It must be just sweating bullets in there. But there's always a line on both sides. Yep. And that doesn't matter if it's nine a.m. If it's one p.m. If it's six p.m. I mean. And, well, I think they close at six thirty. So uh, they have some weird hours. I know they're. Um, I think they're very religious. And Santiago's as a whole doesn't stay open on Sundays. They close, which is really a shame for them because they could draw so much business they're, down the veranda. They're closed on Sunday. Yeah, they're closed. At least mine is. I know that. Wow. Yeah, they could. Oh my gosh, on football Sunday, you can make it's like Chick Fil A, huh? Yeah. 
<laughs> Pretty much, that's exactly what it is. Can you believe they're not going to be open for the Super Bowl? Mm. Why even put your restaurant in a place? I mean, I know there's concerts and things, but that is just weird. Isn't that a bad business idea? To well, like you just said, Chick Fil A, they're in um, they're in Atlanta's uh, and and their stadium, the Merced Merced oh, Merced's Band Stadium. That's down what there, he was just and saying. They're not going to be open. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I like I, I I understand they may have enough concerts and other events going on, yeah. like they have the concerts and monster truck rallies and political rallies mm-hmm. and. What else do they have? What else do you have at the big centers? Gun shows. Gun, and, you, you name it, they do it. I mean, Conventions, everything. Yeah. So speakers, I mean, religious speakers. Yeah, yeah, Comic Cons and stuff. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's, I mean, there's plenty of things going on where they're going right. to make money. But, you know, I mean, a lot of things go on Sundays. Hap- a, lot of, a lot of events happen on Sundays, too. Jesus, somebody's playing a mean trick on us. Oh, that's... you got to, oh, so these are all hot burritos? Right. Ooh, man. <laughs> maybe the uh, maybe the guy making the sauce today was like, eh, I'm not going to pull the seeds outside of the jalapeno. Dude, that is hot. Yeah, now you know why I'm having trouble. It's good though. It well, is good. you know, I also noticed that when you eat something really hot, it, as long as you keep eating it, it's not so bad. Oh, but it's when, see, you, it's, it's when you stop eating it mm, that all of a sudden that heat really hits. I gotta space it out. I can I can take a bite now. I gotta wait two minutes. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, because for me, as soon as I as soon as I swallow whatever the spicy food was, it's there. That's you. when it starts getting real hot. Mm. But if I eat more of it. It stop it, just for the time while I'm eating. It doesn't really hit. Mine will dissipate enough to let me recover. <laughs> and then try and take another yeah, bite. And then I can take another bite. So how, does yours feel hot at all? I mean, I'm not, oh, not, it's a little spicy, hot, but, but, but it's it's nothing out of the ordinary for me. Woo! <laughs> Boy, all right. Well, Super Bowl Sunday is it almost is. Hey, upon hey, us. Hey guys, happy Super Groundhog Bowl Day! Sunday and happy, happy Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Puck the Tawny Phil did not see a shadow. So that yeah. means winter's over earlier. Yes. And do you guys want to know the infamous what what Groundhog Day really is now? There's so many colleges out in that part of Pennsylvania. There's about forty thousand kids that show up. It's probably students. yeah. It's one big party in the woods all night. You don't. That's get, all it is. There is no shadow of any little groundhogs. No, no. there's no shadow anywhere. It's, it's a bunch of pomp and They're circumstance all, and a bunch so of are, kids partying their ass. Are all of the groundhogs burrowing <laughs> into their caves? They're about burning to something right about now, trying to get back to their school. Because you have a Penn State, you got Pitt, and you've got about eight other schools right there. And they all just converge. My friends have gone. It's just another reason to party, guys. That's, that's right? really what it is. That's what everybody's hey. looking for, isn't it? <laughs> that's what I know. I remember when we lived, on, when we lived in Boulder, that's kind of how everything was. Everything what a was life. just was whatever kind of excuse there was to party, you know? We are yep. so lucky. We are. We, we, had, we had it so good, man, you know? I wish I liked partying enough to really have, have taken advantage of it and enjoyed it. <laughs> but uh, I always went to parties because everybody else was going there. I was just like, eh, all right. Yeah, but you were a social bean because when you got there, you were fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was I, just I a matter it, of getting you to well. the place. <laughs> yeah, I can play it off pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it's like when I get back from Florida, like, it's been really hard for me so far because I've had to keep going. And that was basically four 10-hour days of being social and being on the whole time. I hear you. And That's I'm work. such an introvert that, like, it'll take me, like, next week I'll probably be a hermit pretty badly just trying to kind of I'm like my, you, my though. I'm, an int- I'm introverted, too, man. But, you know, when I can, you know, when I can get out and I'm out, I'm fine. I'm social being and I can have a good time and all that. But, yeah, I got to – people aren't my, are not my digs, you know. <laughs> like, that's just – well, it's just to say, you either get energy from people or people take energy from and he- you. And hence, we're all sitting here with microphones in our face. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's the face obviously, for radio thing. Obviously, we all like to talk, so we need somebody to hear us. Yeah. <laughs> so there's got to be somebody around every once in a while. 
Yeah, I guess it was, I, I, I like to talk. I don't necessarily want to listen. So maybe that's what makes the, uh, you know. And I, I actually think a big reason that I never really got into partying is that I've had bad ears my whole life. And so I can't hear very well when it's loud. Oh, I and can't so hear. going to a loud bar, going to a loud I'm party, I'm just kind of sitting there and everybody else is talking and I'm just kind of looking around. And everybody's like, why aren't you talking? And it's like, I, I don't know what anybody's saying. I'm, not, I'm the guy words. smiling, nodding in the corner. Just, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, I have no that's... idea what you guys are saying right now, but sure. <laughs> ah, whatever. You're the guy doing the keg stand. I know, I know you better than that. That's why I hate <laughs> night, nightclubs or like oh, any yeah, type just... of you know, social place where it's just, you can't hear yourself think, you know, yep. it's true. Yep. Pretty people with good ears. They don't know how good they got it. Right. So, right. You know, living the dream. What a good combo. Well, who's got money on the Super Bowl tomorrow? I, I don't, know I, do. I don't have any money on this one, but I, I, I've seen some interesting facts playing out here. Uh, people talking about Sean McVay and the Rams about some of the things that they've noticed the coach do uh, against the Saints, and then especially in December. I, I mean, if you got to go back and look at Jared Goff's QBR in December, he was a league low at like 56.4 before the month of December. So there's a couple things that I've, I've watched a couple different sports shows this week, and they're pointing out a lot of tendencies Sean McVay has about giving up on say the run game early they gave up on Gurley and against the saints really early and um something was going on there yeah what do we think that was you think I, he was hurt he's hurt I, I think he's hurt i mean that's that's one of the things but no doubt about but, it but but mcveigh has his tendencies is what they're really starting to point out and and the, i forget which show i was watching but boy they really shre- cut him apart not cut him apart but they really showed what some of his tendencies were against the saints that game well, you know, I, I think with coaches, especially a newer coach and yeah. guys who are successful, it's because they do something a little different. Once it's, once it's figured out, once it's really analyzed, and sometimes it takes a while to really understand what somebody's doing differently, then adjustments are made, and then they have to make adjustments. And I think McVeigh is just getting to that point where people have watched him enough and he's had enough games, they're kind of figuring out what he does. Of course, it, it depends on who your offensive coordinator is. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's any secret, guys. Football has evolved. I agree with that. But it's the same thing. It's either run or pass. And I think that is something that McVay has done really. Obviously, he has a ton of talent, right? He's got, you know, Todd Gurley, who's, you know, the king of the world at running back. And, you know, he's got a great receiver trio. The tight ends are underrated. You know, Gerald Everett's a good player. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, they're they're a really talented team, you know, deep at every position, really. Um, he is so good at, you know, I think a lot of it is his formations and kind of hiding it, what it is he's going to do. Because he'll come out three plays in a row and single back wing, and he'll run a pass, run pass out of it, you know. Or, you know, early in the game, he may have success, you know, out of the strong formation with the offset fullback you know, and they run a couple times up the gut and then they're able to run play action off it, you know? So really it's nothing new in that sense, guys, that it's just him having success, mixing the two, you know, you know, mixing it up with the formations. I think that's kind of the new piece. Like, you know, he's doing some different things, you know, offset fullbacks, the pistol, you know, where they're, you know, halfway back in shotgun, um, just some different formations and things like that. But well, that's why the Patriots are always been so good on defense is even when they've had different defensive coordinators. Cause you know, this year's a new guy compared to the guy that went, mm-hmm. uh, is it Paradis that went to the lions? What's his name? Uh, oh, the, the coach, DC, the DC for, 
Yeah, for the Patriots that went to the line. Oh, geez, I'm throwing was, a blank. I am too. The, the bearded <laughs> the, guy. Yeah, big beard. Uh, I, I want to say Patricia. 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 Matt Patricia. Thank you. Matt Patricia, yeah. Yep. And, you know, even when they've switched between defensive coordinators, the the Patriots, more than any team I've ever seen, look the same on the front every play. And I think that that's how they try really hard to confuse their opponents, and it's successful. And makes me think that it's that's not necessarily a defensive coordinator thing. I think that might be a bleeding down from Bilicek thing. Yeah. Two other things I, I wanted to touch on too. One is matchups. You know, uh, he's able to isolate guys, McVeigh, mm-hmm. really well. You know, by doing a lot of motion pre-snap. You know, it's hard for a defensive guy to move all the way over from left end to right linebacker. You know, if there's a guy in motion. You know, they, I, you know, people move around, of course, on defense. But, um, you know, that's another piece of it is isolating those guys. You get a guy like uh, Todd Gurley on a safety, I mean, he's going to dominate that matchup every time. Or on a corner, you know, he, he's so big and, and, you know, just dominates. But uh, And lastly, the big thing for me with McVay is his ability to adjust. You know, and I think that's why he's so success, uh, so successful, guys, because you'll see even it doesn't even take a half. I've seen him adjust mid-quarter before, you know, and all of a sudden they're out there running a hurry-up offense, you know, or they're uh, all of a sudden they're pounding that rock, you know, it's the end of the second quarter and they're trying to just kind of knock the clock down, whatever it may be. He's, he's just a really fantastic uh, at, at hiding things you know, and, and coming out in those different formations and, and adjustments. So I think that's why he's so successful. I mean, we were down to four really smart coaches last, yeah. last week. And so we've got two great coaches, two smart yeah. coaches in this game. I think it'll be, it'll be fun. Um, I, I personally have futures bets on both teams. Now I have much more on the Patriots because I started doing them early. So I've got, I think I make about two, 30 or something. I would have made like 360 with the Chiefs. That's why I was rooting for them. But I think I got 230 on them. The Rams, I only have, I think, 80. So I'm I'm actually going to be rooting for the Patriots for the first time well, in a while. I've got, if you guys want me to run through my little, uh, my bets for the Super Bowl, we could do that real quick. Sure. It'd be a fun thing to talk about. Um, so coming off last week, I think we split, um, had the had the Patriots and then we had uh, or I'm sorry we had the uh, Chiefs which we lost but then we had the Rams which we we won so uh, I just you know it's always fun to do kind of more some of the prop bets that's like kind of what the Super Bowl is all about guys so you know I'm gonna throw out four bets like I always do uh, but we're, we're gonna go a little bit uh, a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole here with some uh, some fun prop bets so one one bet that I always people tend to bet on is the uh, coin toss and there's this trend kind of going on so this is for you Anderson but uh, we're going to go 50 bucks on tails guys it's got a uh, it's got a trend and uh, we're going to roll with it so I can't remember if it's like 7 of the last 9 or 8 of the last 10 something along the lines of what the uh, what that is and the funny thing is like like roulette it really has no bearing on anything yeah and I think it's a (laughs) minus 130 if I'm correct so uh, no just on the tail side Uh, last I had looked it was a minus 130 so me that means if you bet 100 damn yeah you win 70 right so (laughs) that's a lot of money to bet on a coin toss (laughs) yeah I mean you're getting really good odds on the uh, heads right now so maybe that's the value play for some of you uh, 
big bookie betters out there. So then, guys, I, I kind of wanted to look at the first touchdown, and I always mm. think that's fun. So I'll I'll tell you that I do believe the Rams will be the first team to score, and that it's going to be Todd Gurley, and that's like no kind of a no-brainer. But uh, I'll give you one name from the Patriots who I do like to score the first touchdown, and that's James White. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. and he's getting some really good odds. So if you like that value, but I believe it was plus thirteen hundred. Uh, who's the uh, who's the worst odds on the Patriots? Do you remember? Was it like is it Burkhead or to get is the it... first touchdown? Uh, no, I think Gronk? it was no Edelman. I think really, yeah, seven no to one kidding. or six to one. It, it could have been Gronk. It just too. seems like the Patriots have been running the ball in because they get down because they become more of a dink and dunk team yeah. this year, and so yeah. like they always kind of get down to the end and run. I'll give you another sleeper just for fun, James Devlin. He's the fullback for the Patriots. Uh, Wow, that'd be a nice one. Yeah, but uh, those are my picks. I really do believe it's going to be Todd Gurley, though. What Uh, uh, what were the odds on the no touchdown scored? So the no – last I looked, it was was, uh, over 100. I think it was like 150 to 1. Very nice. Yeah. So, but what we all know, we all know that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, last I looked, the spread was two and a half, mm-hmm. and the Patriots were favored. So, I mean, I've been on the Patriots all week, all week, and I had a dream last night. I'm not going to elaborate, but the Rams are going to win, and uh, I think the Rams are going to win by. You know, a good six to nine points. Did the dream, the dream didn't involve the world's greatest American, Tom Brady, and some sort of a psychosexual uh, <laughs> encounter. I told you, I'm not going to elaborate. <laughs> That's for me only. Is there a TB12 tattooed on your ass today? There could be. Uh, so yeah, that's why I'm, I'm going with the Rams, guys. I just, you know what? I think it's the time for the changing of the guard. I really. I think Belichick has taken this team as far as they can go. I do believe they're very talented. I think Tom Brady still executes really well. That offensive line has been a huge key to them playing well. But the defense just, they lack talent. You know, you can only do so much, I think, um, with what you have. So I think McVay is a very good coach, able to adjust as we spoke about. Wade Phillips always has a ton of success against Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. if you look at that. So I think we're going to see some different things from McVay today. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some trick or tomorrow. I think we're going to see some trick plays, one or two, whether it's a fake punt or, you know, a reverse or a flea flicker. I, I think it's going to be a fun game. And then lastly, they over-under. Uh, last I looked, it was 62. And it could even have gone up a half point from there. Oh, that was 62 and a half, I think it might even What's have been. So that's really high. In fact, I wonder if that isn't the highest one ever in the Super Bowl. Well, right now on ESPN, it's got 56 and a half. Okay. Wow, maybe I looked at the wrong... I thought it was well, 62. ESPN may not be the same as both. It, it's no, it probably is. You're probably the, right. That there, seems a little bit. Yeah. Cause, okay, I apologize. 56-58 is, is tied for like the highest um, over-under. Okay, so 56 ah, and yeah. a half. Well, there is a trend here as well. If you guys have watched the Super Bowl for the last 10 years, everybody's exhausted by the time that fourth quarter comes around. And that's there's just a ton of points scored. Yeah. Every year, third and fourth quarter. Uh, I think we're going to see some big-time offense. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think the Rams will go ahead, 
but you just said why I think the Patriots will eat, well actually win going away, mm-hmm. as in win by more than there'll be more than one score ahead when the game is over, and that is none of these Rams players have been on the big stage yet, and not not that it's too big of a stage for them, but they're going to get excited. Mm-hmm. And when you get excited, your adrenaline starts pumping. Yeah. And when your adrenaline's pumping big time, when it stops pumping, you get real tired. And you talked about them getting tired in the third and fourth quarter. And I think that's when suddenly, the, it, you know, the we're going to see what we, we see with the Patriots all the time, right? They start down, they can be down by a lot at halftime or a little bit at halftime. And then they just, they're un- unstoppable down the stretch. Like the Chiefs found out, right? And I yeah. mean, well, I'm sorry, that's a little different because the Chiefs were the ones that kind of came around. but They are, but it... it you know, the Patriots are just incredible on offense, you know, incredible. Tom Brady just knows how to execute. But when, when he's getting blocking, you know, and that's a big part of it for me is Aaron Donald. I think, you know, and there's another bet I'll even throw out there is MVP. He's mm. got some great odds. I would go and throw like five bucks down on that. Um, but I, Miller, yeah. we've all seen in the past what gets to Tom Brady is pressure up the middle, guys. Pressure mm-hmm. up the gut. Uh, and that's, you know, that's why Philadelphia had success. And that's why the Giants had success against them when they had that, you know, 16 and 0 season. So I think Aaron Donald and Dominic Sue, uh, Fowler, that is a pretty darn good front four that they got. So, you know, I think Donald's going to be seeing double teams. So there's going to have to be another guy that, that steps in, but you know, and two the good corners to, to make it so it's hard to do that first three-second pass, or yeah, and get, give believe, you know yeah. that's a good combination to have together. I, uh, I guess my concern for the Rams, which and I love the Rams, I I do hope that they win. Money, all gambling money aside, I've liked the Rams from the beginning of the year. I've, I've liked them all year long. I'm a huge Todd Gurley fan. I think Goff is underrated, even as as he is right now. Uh, I think if they had Cooper Cup they'd be an even more dominating type type yeah. of offense. I just, I, I, Tom Brady wants to be the greatest of all time. And he may already be right. I mean, at least as a, as a, as a quarterback, right. He doesn't want an argument. That's what I yeah. think. Yeah. And I think that he wins this one. It's hard to keep arguing for Montana. Like I've been going, I mean, I, I would, I think I would at that point have to say, you know, yeah, maybe it's the combination of the coach, maybe it's a combination of other things, but it, it doesn't matter. This guy has n- just does not fail on the big stage very often, and he's been there uh, a huge number of times. Well, well think and about it. He's it, been in the league 18 years, and nine of those years he's gone down to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. <laughs> but then the thing about Donald is Eight that years he's in a been, row. Donald has been very quiet the last four or five games, and that's kind of what concerns me for the Rams is – I don't think he's – I don't know if he's just – I don't know if he's tired, if he's got – if he's nicked up, banged up, got an injury. Who? Donald. Donald. Oh, Donald. And I, I, he's just – he's been kind of a – he's just kind of been nothing in the playoffs and in and, and the last few weeks of the regular season. So, oh. unless, he, unless he shows up suddenly and has a big-time game, I, I just – I don't think the Rams can, can rattle Brady. I enough. thought he had a good game last week. An okay game, didn't I? I, I, I but he, he was taking games over yeah. in in earlier weeks, and and he has not seemed like a presence that has been that has changed or caused yeah, well, a change in the game. Again, I think you know that that's going to be Belichick. Is I'm not going to let him beat us. Right, that too. You know, so yeah. he's going to try to stop that guy. That's and that goes back to what I'm saying. Somebody else is going to have to step in there. You know, whether that's Fowler or. You know, and Dominic Sue or one of their yeah, linebackers. Sue, Sue, I think, is the big X. He's factor. a wild card for sure. If he's on and he's got yes. his game going and yes. stuff, I mean, he's a dirty player, but he's a good player. 
I mean, he's a dominating force. And so, if yeah, he now he was good last week too. He's a so that dominating force. <laughs> so I I could see him being effective, having a big a big impact because he did look good last week against the Saints and gave Brady some fits. I mean, that's so, that's what's going to make it difficult for the Patriots is if there if there's pressure. You know? Oh, absolutely. But Tom I, Brady does get rid of the ball so darn quick; it's incredible. But I think it's, like, I think it's the case with every quarterback. If you if you get pressure on him, you know, there's nothing you can really do if, if there's a hand in your face. And uh, Broncos quarterbacks, despite their low level talent, are are shining examples of what happens when you have zero time to throw and you start getting that that clock in your head gets shorter, right? And that's what Tom Brady's got is a really good clock in his head. He doesn't tend to ever hold the ball too long. How often? Usually do you under see two seconds. I mean, because how often do you see Brady, the ball pop out of his hands in a fumble? It just doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and, they're all timing routes. Yeah, and, and just to let you know, uh, Aaron Donald had two tackles for loss, total tackles in the uh, Saints game. Yeah, so okay. that's what I'm saying. Is he just? Yeah. And, and I, I'm not saying that he's at all uh, not, as, not a great player because, of course, he's a great player. Good old ESPN and their add-ons. Huh? You better believe it. Yeah, okay. dude, I tell you what, ads are so annoying. They, they're just... Uh, yeah, he just – he's – I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's just that people are keying in on him or, you know, like I said, I mean, just, it could just be that, you know, he had a great season going and he just got to a point where he just burned himself out. I mean, I, mean, I think it's just he's being double teamed every play. Yeah. Oh, that, I'm sure that's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you, right? I mean, put two, put a tackle and a guard on him and have the tight end yep. chip him in the way out. I also <laughs> think there's stunt, you know, running stunts, you know, there as well or uh, not – what do they call that? Where they pull, pull a pole, thank you. Where they're pulling, um, you know, and just and running the ball away from him, you know, and so he isn't getting a chance to make a play. Maybe so. some good stunts would be to put uh, him ne- next to Dominic and Sue, and then have Sue go to the outside and have Donald run behind Sue yeah. up in the middle. That might be one of their game plans. Well, I'm sure it probably is one of their game plans. Trust me, Wade Phillips is going to have a good game plan today, so yeah. or tomorrow. I keep saying today because um, it should be today. Yeah, Super Bowl yeah. should be on Saturday. It should. It's a, well, I don't, we've talked about that. We, JP and, and I talked about that. And, and you're right with Wade Phillips because Eric Phillips and the offensive coordinator for the Patriots as this is the key matchup right now. It is. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I do think it'll be pretty high scoring, um, as I said. So I, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to see. I think the number one thing for the Patriots is can they stop the run. You know, because if they can make the Rams one-dimensional, that's going to make it difficult for L.A. to compete. Uh, and, and, you know, vice versa. If the Rams can get pressure up the middle, then I think it's going to be, you know, tough for uh, Tom Brady and company to keep a balanced attack. And so we'll see what happens, guys. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so I want to see, I wanna see if, the, if the defensive game plan by the Rams is focused on four, front four only blitzing because of the fact that the Patriots have become exceptional at these uh, flats and screen passes to the tight or to the uh, running backs this year. I mean, James White, what a year that guy has had. And, you know, they also do that, you know, they they have Edelman or, or Gronk just, you know, slide out into the flat. They're incredibly balanced. I mean, you got uh, Sony Michelle, who's kind of that quick one cut back back there. You've got uh, Burkhead, who's kind of, you know, the power back. You also even have James Devlin, as I talked about, who even spells him from time to time. The guy can catch a pass here and there, too. Um, who's some of the – they had another running back, too, that uh, that's contributed a little bit. Uh, shoot, I can't think of who it is. Another one? Man, that's a lot but, of running backs. But Edelman, obviously, has been great. 
you know, Gronk has seemed to have stepped it up the last couple of weeks. He's done really well as of late. Uh, so yeah, they're they're certainly talented, no doubt about it. Rumor mill about uh, could this be Gronk's final game? Do you, what, what what's your gut tell you? Yeah, I think he's done. Mm-hmm. If if they win, he's done. Go yeah. on, go on on top. There doesn't even need to be a thought about it. Makes you wonder if he's got a big time contract from WWE sitting in his uh, locker. I can pretty much guarantee you he probably does. And I think he'd be good at it. I think he'd be a good star for that kind of a league. Oh, he's, he's got, got the, the personality. Look. He's got the look, yeah. the personality. He's outgoing. Yeah. He's, he's already famous. He's famous. I mean, he's athletic. He, I, mean, he's got, I mean, did you see him gronking up there during the press conference and everything yeah. just yesterday? I mean, I mean the guy's a character. Gronk versus, uh, Gronk versus The Rock for the WrestleMania 10 or whatever. whatever, whatever <laughs> Probably WrestleMania 40 by now. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, we're old enough to remember WWF. 40. Oh, yeah. 200. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was the one with Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior? That was 10, right? Oh, boy. That, was that the Silverdome? Uh, the Tor- what's the Toronto one? Uh, the Toronto was, uh, oh, what's the name of that Skydome. place? Skydome. Skydome. That was in Toronto. That was Skydome. A, okay, that was yeah. Skydome. Because I remember the Silverdome one said it had like 90,000 people there. That was, that was, when, that was like, to me, that was the the end of the WWF that I loved and probably that you guys loved. And that was the start of the WWE, which to me is the entertainment right. faction and not the wrestling faction. And don't get me wrong. I, I know it was always fixed and everything, but it used to be a kind of about the wrestling before then. I mean, there was always the characters, right? right. And the rivalries and things like that, but everything focused on the matches and how good the matches were. And to me, that was like the end of the good characters. The end, that, that was kind of the end of my watching wrestling. And I, that was one of the most exciting matches I ever saw was watching WrestleMania. And then that, that Ultimate Warrior battle with Hogan. I mean, it was, that was, it was like a 20-minute bout. Yeah, I, 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 I do remember that one. They had to be exhausted. And then, but after that, it went to, you know, then all of a sudden it was The Undertaker, who I thought was just the lamest character I've ever seen. And then from then on, they didn't even have characters anymore, it seemed like, a lot of the time. You know, like you got John Cena and you've got these other guys and Bret Hart or uh, um, Joe... Uh, what was Bret Hart's brother? Uh, uh, Owen, Owen Hart. Hart, the one that died, I think, yeah, Owen, the bungee o- thing. Owen Hart. You know, they they just became they just became the person because they wanted their personal brands, right? Instead of being these characters, right? Because it used to be Ravishing Rick Rude, Jake the Snake Roberts. There was T, you know, the the whatever. But you're Chico right. It's, that's what it is. That you know, everyone everyone wants to sell their name. So right, and they yeah. don't want to be their WWE name. They want to be their name. Right. Like John Cena, right? He's been moving into acting now. Yep. Yeah. And not that he, I'm sure he'll do a good, I'm sure he'll probably do a good job because he was good. And uh, you guys have seen uh, the one with Amy uh, uh, Schumer. Schumer train wreck. Yes. Yeah. Do that movie. I tell you what, I give him a lot of credit for being willing to do the lines that she asked him to say, because that shows a lot of, you know, he's very secure in his masculinity. Yeah. But I mean, with the way he's like talking about how she looks like a boy from, <laughs> from behind. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> he's, funny, he's, a, he's got a knack for comedy. He's, yeah, you know, he, he does. He's, he's does. actually pretty funny. Yeah, I've seen, he's in a couple of he's movies in like some, now. Some some dad movie now too, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. But that was the first time I ever saw him was in the was in the train wreck, and I thought I, that was, I was impressed. But it's just you know, and then not that Hulk Hogan didn't do movies. He obviously did. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like it or was the rock. those were characters. You know, they were characters first. And now it seems like it's the opposite. And I think that's what turned me off of wrestling was, you know, it just wasn't exciting anymore. It wasn't interesting anymore. But I guess well, at least what was Hogan's name steroids. in that movie? Luscious Lips? 
Oh, and uh, Thunderlips. <laughs> Thunderlips. Thunderlips in Rocky Three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thunderlips. Thunderlips. <laughs> yeah, boy, he was a big dude, man. You yeah, can't forget how big a dude yes, he really brother. is. <laughs> eat your vitamins. Yeah, he, yeah. Home <laughs> a little hookamaniacs. And then that wonderful song, dude, he had the greatest song. That's the other thing, man. What happened to all the great songs? Hulk Hogan had the great song. Brutus Beefcake had the great song. The Demolition had the great songs. Macho Man. Yeah. Well, his what well, his song was the graduation theme, wasn't it? Yeah, I never understood. He'd always that. come out and just <laughs> yeah, he was snapping to a slim jam. He had that beautiful uh, wife that was well, yeah, Miss Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. That's yeah. right. Boy, when, and when right. she pulled off, when she pulled yeah, off she the skirt it. at SummerSlam to show uh, just the bloomers, you know, and then oh, boy, she was she was hot. Crazy to think that both you know she and Macho Man both died. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that that culture, man, the wrestling culture, a lot of drugs, a lot of a lot of uh, partying, a lot, lot of partying, a lot of steroids, a lot know? of injuries. Well, I mean, imagine if you didn't have a day job, how how different life really must be. Like you probably have to. It'd be hard not to get into some kind of an addiction. Well, I mean, right? you got to you, you got to remember they're on the road with like 290 days a year. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's like a musician. Yeah, that's really what it is. I mean, that's that's if you actually listen to a lot of the old school guys and the new school guys, they talk about how much they're on the road and how yeah. much we only see on Monday Night Raw or right. you know or or what the Friday Night Show is. You know, we only get to see a small portion of what what they actually do. Right. Well, it's like so, like what if George? It wasn't not not, not George Foreman, uh, another big time boxer back in his day. Uh, George Frazier might have been the one that said title the 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 belt is given to you in the ring but the championship is won in the gym mm-hmm. you know like yeah you see you you all watch the final event but that that's not what caused me to win my title or right. what caused us to be the victor mm-hmm. so well so do we want to give a score prediction for the uh Super yeah Bowl? I'm, I'm all set for a score here all right, JP, why don't you go ahead and fire it up? I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I like the Patriots in this one. I think they, they're not going to lose back-to-back Super Bowls. I mean, the Eagles got them last That's year. Right. They did lose last year. They did. They, the Eagles got them last year, but they did make a game out of it at the end. They did have the Hail Mary. Oh, that was a good game. Yeah. And, and I, I think you're looking at um, Belichick is going to do what he did to Mahomes and the Chiefs to start, and it all depends on McVay's adjustments mm-hmm. on the fly that he's got to make. And I'm looking at – um, a 38-31 game-ish, somewhere in that in that range, maybe a 38 hey, you're going back game. to your favorite score. I do. I like that 38 <laughs> number. 38-31. I, yeah. Think, yeah. I think we're going to see a game that is going to be different because we always, you know, you always have your preconceived notions of what a game's going to be, and so often it's the opposite. Like when we had Bears and Panthers or whatever it was, everybody thought it would be a low-scoring game, and it was a huge oh, scoring yeah. game. So I think we're going to get the opposite. I think we're going to get a lower-scoring game than the people are thinking. So I'm going to th- – Say something like, um, I'm going with 30-24 Patriots. Okay. I think that the Rams will start out on top. I don't think there will be much scoring at all in the first half. I think it'll maybe be a, a 7-3, a 10-7, something like that. A 10-3 maybe in the first half. And like I was saying, I just think that the adrenaline wears off and the Patriots uh, get ahead by score, get ahead by at least a full score, and then they turn into a running-the-clock offense instead of a, a, instead of a scoring offense. Mm-hmm. And, and run that clock out, which, you know, with that running game, like Nate was talking about, I mean, yeah. Sony Michelle, Burkhead, what's the, what's the fullback's name? Devos? James Devlin. Devlin. Devlin yeah. And then also, uh, I'm forgetting, uh, uh, James White. So, yeah. I mean, th- they just got scores of people. As long as that offensive line is working well, I'm going to go And, and they're Patriots. built a little differently this year than they've been in years past. Agreed. They are I mean, a different team t- this t- year. Think about it. I mean, we have barely heard Chris Hogan's name mentioned all year for them. 
Yeah. And, you know, yeah, there's he's been, yeah. he's come on lately. Lately. Though. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just built differently this year. They're just like, they're so deep guys. They just have so many different players at every position, you know? Um, so it's going to make it tough. Yeah. I, th- I think, well, my score is going to be weird. There's always, the Super Bowl scores always end up odd to me. You're so right. I'm going to go like, I'm going to go Rams 33 and I'm going to go Patriots 27. Wouldn't it be weird if, like, both teams ended with a score ending in nine, like 19 yeah. to 39 or something like that? <laughs> I wouldn't surprise yeah. no. you. Know I mean, because you're right. If you go back and look through the history of Super yeah. Bowls, there's been some weird scores. Just one of these years, you want the person that gets the worst square on the little grid to win. You know? <laughs> Just once. The guy that gets the two and the – I like – what are the two? The nine. The two and the two nine, and nine, probably. Yeah, two and nine and be like, or oh. Eight. Eight might be a tough That's one. That's a tough yeah. one, too. Yeah, you have to get like the, just the four touchdowns. Pretty much is the only way you're going to get that. So, yeah, I'm rooting for the rooting for the the little square guys. So, you know, good luck to him. Uh, I always thought it'd be kind of interesting to for us to recant, and we don't have to necessarily nail it down to just one. Maybe it could be do two of them. But your very favorite Super Bowl memories uh, or favorite Super Bowls that you remember, you know, watching. But and it, and it doesn't have to be because of the game. It can be the situation around the game, right? But the only catch or caveat is it cannot be a game that included your favorite team. Okay. So I can't choose a Broncos Super Bowl. You can't choose an Eagles Super Bowl. You can't choose a Vikings Super Bowl if they've ever been there. <laughs> not <laughs> my, I mean, not in my lifetime. So. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll start this one off. Um, one of the best highlights I can remember was Whitney Houston singing the Star Spangled, the National Anthem right after uh we 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 had the conflict or we we started out in 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 the golf you know oh. that national anthem at the old sombrero in Tampa is where that was do you remember was, do you remember the matchup oh god i think it was giants it could have been giants and bills oh. it very well could have easily been giants bills okay okay so it was probably like 90 89 yeah somewhere back in there okay it was like 94 93 ish i mean i was saying the gulf war the, the, the first gulf war when we first started it i was just out of high school i think which would have been 94 i could be wrong on that but I, it was right after it happened um and then the other one i would re- i really remember uh is when joe montana hit who was it james or he hit taylor in the end zone at um Dolphin Stadium in that Super Bowl, mm-hmm. where I think they were playing yeah. the Char- where they were playing the Chargers that day, or who were they playing? It was one of the teams that they routed. Yeah, and then yeah. he hit that one at the end of the right at the end of the game with a quick slant right over the middle. You know, NFL Network um, over last week, I think it was last weekend, they were running the Super Bowl recaps, mm-hmm. and they had like all of them in a row, and I was oh, so yeah. excited. So I recorded each individual one of them. Oh. they weren't in order. They weren't the actual oh. ones they said they were. So, like, all the ones that I recorded wanting to see those games recaps, oh. I was getting different games. Oh, that sucks. That and, does suck. Yeah, it was such a <laughs> bummer. But I also well. realized how many games I I was young and didn't really pay attention to what happened other than the final score. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there were some pretty pretty amazing games and performances and comebacks and, and things that have happened. As for one of my favorite ones, is it's not about the game itself. It's about it was my first true introduction to football. Not that I hadn't seen football before, but my dad wasn't into football. He was a big baseball fan. So football was just kind of a side thing. Right. Um, I, For whatever reason, most of my friends didn't play football. So 
you know, we had a local f- team, and I knew plenty of guys that were on that team, but it was like the, cl- the, like the little group of guys that I hung out with uh, weren't football players. Mm-hmm. So, or maybe our moms didn't want us to play football. I don't know. Either way, I never really had a big exposure to football. And it was my first year in the dorms at college, and it was the Cowboys versus the Steelers with Neil O'Donnell. Oh, there you, you know, go. That's like, a good one. Amazing to think that that guy was in the Super Bowl. And I think the Cowboys won that, that Super Bowl. I don't remember. Uh, it might have been – maybe it was the Steelers. I, I, I didn't, like, know – I don't remember the game outcome so much. But I just remember it was the first time that I really understood the excitement some people had around the Super Bowl because I had gone to some of my dad's friends' parties, but they were, like, Niners fans. So it was yeah. either – either Homer fans or we didn't watch the Super Bowl really, you know, and going in that dorm, they had it down in the, in the like lobby area of the dorm and they had brought in a huge big screen TV. And like, man, I tell you if that, that dorm probably had 13 floors on it. And I'd say a good 60% of the dorm was there. I mean, it was packed wall to wall, shoulder to shoulder and just people just hooting and hollering and talking. And I mean, there was a lot of socializing going on too, but, uh, that was just why I always remember that one. It was kind of the first time I really watched football and, and got into it. I just remembered who the Niners played that game. It wasn't the Chargers. It was, uh, it was the Bengals. Now, did they play the Bengals twice? That's I a, know that's they a good question. I know that one at Dolphin Stadium was one of those. I don't think so. One of those games that, that it came down to the end. It was a close game. I know the one time they might have played the Chargers was a blowout. But uh, that, that game against the Bengals was a close one. Because Montana has five titles, right? So- Four. Oh, he's only got four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we know that he beat – so Dwight Clark, that was the catch. That was in the NFC Championship, right? That was that against the Cowboys, a candlestick, the NFC so Championship. So we know they beat the Chargers because – oh, no, I'm sorry. That was that was Steve Young. John uh, Taylor you're thinking of, right? Not Dwight Clark. No, the catch. The, the catch from the NFC Championship game oh, was Dwight Clark. Dwight Clark yeah. across the battle. Taylor is oh, the one that oh, caught it again it. in the Super Bowl. Got it. Yeah. So that was like – that was Montana's like coming out party was yeah. that pass to Clark. But there was uh, – so uh, he beat the Bengals. He mm-hmm. beat the Broncos by a, just smoked them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's my memory. <laughs> who else? Who else did Montana beat? Uh, Terrible. I saw. Oh, the. Uh, was one was of a lot Buffalo? of Buffalo. It's asking. I'd say one of them probably is Buffalo. Uh, I, I feel like they were like all blowouts, or at least eventual blowouts. Because I know he had he broke the record for the touchdowns in a Super Bowl. You did know, he like, beat Miami? Might have. No, I don't think so. Because that would have been Marino. And Marino only went one time. Yeah, but that wasn't the one time. I don't think so. No. I don't. I, it's hard to remember. It's also like like you think about like how when when it changed from uh, Bill Walsh over to George Seifert and how you know that was kind of a nice little dynasty that kept going. And growing up where I grew up, you know, all we ever saw was Niners and Raiders because you know you you only got your local games. So yeah, no, there's I a lot of players you. I never got to know. I uh so my memory actually is that Super Bowl with uh, it was fifty five to ten, and uh, I can't remember how old I was, but it wasn't very old. I suppose probably like eighth grade. No, no, no. I don't think that old. No. I think probably. Yeah, I guess it could have been. It was in that range. Okay, so anywhere from like twelve to fourteen years old, something like that. Yeah. But you know, I, I'd always been a big Vikings fan. Of course, they weren't, you know, never that good. But uh, for whatever reason, I was excited about the Broncos because I. It was more about how much I hated the Niners because I, <laughs> I always, you know, I always hated the the evil empire right so like it was <laughs> right. like uh the yankees you know when i was growing up i freaking hated the yankees you know and then i hated dallas cowboys and i hated 
the Boston Celtics, you know, like those are the teams. I just, <laughs> I just hated them. And so that was kind of an example of it for me was here comes, you know, Joe Montana and his, you know, a couple of Super Bowl Non-stop wins and they they always win and they have, you know, Jerry Rice and Roger Craig and, you know, Tom Rathman and just all these great players and the Broncos are an Rathman. underdog. And I loved, I loved how John Elway played the game. Just loved it. He was such a gritty competitor. You know, uh, and so I was excited. I remember my, my dad bought Bronco's mug and I was uh, I had like a Broncos T-shirt on. So this is like I was like pro Broncos, you know, yeah. and then about 20 minutes into the game, I was so defeated. <laughs> I just didn't even think I wanted to ever watch the Super Bowl again after that. Oh, man, my it was uh, rough. My high school class or not high school, a uh, grade school classmate. You know what? So we were younger. I think it was fifth grade, and I think it was because Nate Wright moved like two years after that happened. He moved away, and he now lives in, like, Idaho, but he was in my at my school in Manzanita, and he had gotten from his aunt, I think it was, okay. a Broncos jacket. Yeah. And when he showed up in September, you know, all of a sudden he was all Broncos because he had gotten this jacket from his, you know, some of those old, the old ones that were, like, all bright orange and, you know, and stuff yep. like that. yep. And he was so excited with that jacket, and he wore it, like, every day to school, even, like, when it wasn't that cold, and just was all Broncos. And that's when they went to the Super Bowl, and that's when they got shelled. And I just remember that poor guy when he came back from Christmas or whatever, you know, whenever it was that we got back from the Super Bowl. Couldn't wear his coat. Yeah, I mean, just (laughs) every person in the class would, like, remind him about the Broncos getting shelled. Also didn't help that we lived in Reading, which is, you know, basically was was minor territory. He kind of had it coming, though, probably. Yeah, but he, was, he was such a nice guy. He yeah. just, you know, he just loved, he just wanted, he was just so excited to have something he loved. And, you know, you just always feel bad for that when that happens. And, True. But, but that made me, you know, but, but yeah, that, I'll never forget how it was just like, ooh, man. And they just got slaughtered. And of course, it, it was Bronco, it was Niners country, right? Because that's where, I mean, we were not that far from San Francisco. So yeah. everybody there was a Niners fan. Well, because of my hatred for evil empire types, it's led me down that path where I've had kind of a that relationship with sports where like I never win the big game you know my teams never <laughs> seem they like they'll get there or they'll get close you know but they can never like get so over the still hump, fantasy so. championship beltless yep and I was no I made the playoffs way. in all four this year too Wow. You, you just think, think just by, pure luck. Lo- yeah. But then pure odds, you think I would have a good team in fantasy baseball since my great one 10 years ago, yeah. but it's just not <laughs> that happening. darn two week league. I would have won. <laughs> I was up by 32 and I lost by 40. <laughs> oh, how crazy is that? Oh, I know. Wow. No titles. That's crazy. I think yeah. I've got six, but they're all football. Unfortunately, I want a yeah. baseball one. Wow, that's, that's really that's really wild. Yeah. Dude. You've been in a lot, a lot of, of champ. I've been in a lot of, of championship games. You know, yeah. I mean, I would say anywhere five from fanatics or four in the fanatics. Yeah, anywhere from five to eight championship games, easy. You yeah. know, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel. So, I mean, I do feel your pain. I yeah, mean, no, I mean, whatever. Also, it's fun. You I've know? lost it's another like fun. six. I think I've lost another five championship games. So I mean, sure, but. Uh, Boy, I tell you what, none was more painful than last year's when I took out Bortles for Foles at the last second and lost by, I think, 13 points. And it was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that would have been a slaughter. I got we never way. did a, a trivia question today, huh? 
I, I, dude, I didn't have any time to do notes. I've been in Florida all oh, week. Okay. So I, know, I, I, unless I got, you have one off the top of your head. I had a trivia question off the top of my head the other day, but I don't remember what it actually was. Um, oh, boy. No, there was, there was a really good one I saw uh, the other morning, and I don't remember it off the top of my head, and I forgot to write it down. Uh, give me some time. I'll think of one. I'll think of one here. Okay. So, but yeah, no, it's it's funny. You start thinking about the history of the Super Bowls, and we haven't really named this, oh, it's a single one that's been current to us. We're going way back in the day here. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I had a bunch of them that kind of came to mind for me. You know, as an adult, uh, I remember the Pittsburgh Steelers Green Bay Packers Super Bowl really well. Yep, that was a good. One. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, that was his coming out party mm-hmm. for sure. There, like, there was no talk about Green Bay that week. No. It was like, you know, everybody, all oh, the Steelers are going to just dominate. You know, Big Ben's already won a Super Bowl. And, you know, it's not even a contest. Who's Aaron Rodgers? You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And That was a domination. I mean, Green Bay really – Pittsburgh never really even gave them much of a game. Yeah, no, no, no. I do remember that one. So, I don't know. That one sticks out. The other one that sticks out to me is the uh, is the Rams and the Patriots, you yeah. know. Or, that was and great. That was Patriots' first win. The Titans Rams is another one that sticks out. That is a good one. You know where they came the up short at end. the very end. So. I think I was actually in Vegas for that one. Yeah, there's been a lot of great what ones. Was it a, was that a half a yard to the end zone that he was? Yeah, it was yeah, by a half short. yard. I mean, just like Marshawn Lynch, right? Half a yard. Yep. You know, or they should have they should have gone to Marshawn Lynch. Right. Oh, when he passed. Yeah, the, they they did the slant. That's just. Yeah. That's outsmarting yourself. Yeah, that's out of a championship. That's getting too fancy. You know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know. Um, I can understand if it, it had it been third or fourth down. Sure. Right. Yeah. Sure. You know, I I would have taken a risk probably, or tried to like you know do something a little bit different. But <laughs> yeah, you got to freaking run. <laughs> All right. So thankfully this is sports offensive, right? So my buddy just sent me a meme. And it says a bukkake is technically a baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what a bukkake is, go ahead and look that up. But yeah. that is one of the funniest memes I've well, ever heard. Well, what's the guy that, that just came out with his new song that said that Kim Kardashian swallowed his children? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know his name, but I know she, what I mean, you're I know talking. She dated that Ray, that Ray J guy or whatever. I don't know who else she even dated besides. Yeah, him. no, this is somebody. Different. Him, Reggie, and and Kanye are the three. I forget. I it's like it's a rapper. I can't yeah. remember his name though. Oh, that's great. And uh, yeah, Kanye is not happy about it. <laughs> you think how crazy that would be if you get if there was a machine out there that that got invented that could tell you everyone that someone had slept with, and like what the names would be on some of those famous people's lists. Like all of a sudden you like, or you could chart some people's careers by looking at like, Oh, look at that. It's all these people that they, you know, that made them famous or that, that, that published their work or, you know, put yeah. out their song or, or made their movie <laughs> or whatever it is. But uh, anyway, that was, that was, I had to share that. I'm sorry. That just meant that was too good. That, that was pretty good. Do you guys have a favorite one, two or three or app that how many doesn't matter? favorite commercials in Super Bowl history because I mean there have been some great ones there have been some pretty pretty bad ones yeah um there was the dot-com bust ones where all these dot-coms didn't even put out a good there wasn't even a good commercial it was just basically their name and you're like that doesn't really 
do much for you. No one's going to oh. remember that commercial. Yeah. Well, the one that top, comes off the top of my head real quick is the little kid playing Darth Vader and the car. Oh, that was good. Yeah, yeah, that one comes off the top of my head real quick. That is pretty good. <laughs> um, what's the one? It's a. It's like a spinoff of uh, – it was an Apple commercial, but it was a spinoff of uh, – oh, the 1984? 1984. Yeah, that was the Macintosh commercial. Yeah, the Macintosh. Where she threw the sledgehammer up into the big, big yeah, screen. That, that one comes to mind for sure. Yeah, that one won a lot of awards. Um, I don't know why because they're not funny or like that great, but – just the symbolism of them for me was like the polar bears for the Coke, you know, that was good. and yeah. then the Clydesdales for the, obviously, you know, for the Bud. Now, which Clydesdales ones? Because I mean, the, the, there's the, I don't know if it's the Clydesdales or regular horses, the ones that play football. Remember that one? I do, but and that's the guy not, kicks it and he no, goes, more that was just amazing. He goes, traditional, yeah, you, you know, yeah. them just marching through the wintry streets. Yeah. Oh, the snow, yeah. Yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know, just the classic. I got gotcha. I do uh, remember there was that one really, it was a certain jeans company for women. But it was this guy was like heading over to her place for a date, and she was trying to squeeze into these the jeans, and then it caused the button to break off or whatever, and it snapped around the room. And trying to avoid it, she ducks out of the way, loses her balance, and grabs the lampshade for balance to like not fall over. But she still dips halfway, and her date and she's got the curtain closed. And her date just sees the silhouette, and it looks like she's hugging a guy and getting ready to kiss, and he just gets, <laughs> he's distraught, and he walks off. It's like, don't let, don't let this ruin your love or something That's like that. That's pretty funny. You know? What about the, is it Doritos when pigs fly? And so the kid, the kid goes and gets a pig and shoots him in the catapult. Yeah, I, 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 I remember that one now. That's pretty funny. Uh, the Snickers ones are good, you know. There was the one they had to take off because it was a little racy. The two dudes, I think. Um, Did they, uh, the one I, I, I was thinking of was there was that one that had like a dog. It was like running over hedges, running after like a, a food truck or a meat truck or something like that. And then it showed a guy doing the same thing, running after an Anheuser-Busch truck. Yeah, but, then yep. he, but then the last one, he runs into the minivan <laughs> and then yeah. flattens him. Oh, I, dude, there was a lot of funny ones. I can't believe we could, Oh! Uh, How about Cindy Crawford in the uh, Pepsi commercial? Oh, yeah, that one. Or the Britney yeah. Spears, you oh, know, yeah, Britney. Was, mm-hmm. was Bob Dole getting the heart on. Yeah. Uh, there was the the commercial where the Pepsi guy or Coke guy was a, uh, he was a stalker, you know, in like the grocery store, like bringing the product in. And he decides to take a taste of the other of the competitor, and then he takes a drink and like you tell he likes it, but then he just puts it back in there. But then it causes the shelf to break, and all the sodas go flying out. And I remember that commercial. They said it caused the market share. It was such a popular commercial, huh. it changed the market share by two percent for the next year. And I think it was for Pepsi. And you know, you can say, well, it's just two percent, but you got to think about the size of that market and how that's a pretty big how percentage. Solid it is. Two percent. <laughs> oh, we're talking the soda, about the soda market. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. it's a billion dollar industry. Yeah. You know? Of yeah, course, yeah. that commercial was uh, that must have been that was probably in the late early nineties, late maybe late nineties. So. So so let's let's move on to a little different subject that uh, that's been brought up here the last couple of days and uh, Roger Waters has outspoken about Maroon Five and about playing the halftime show and about taking a knee for Colin Kaepernick. How do we keep getting back three years after the fact of talking about Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> Who's going to take a knee? Uh, Roger Waters wants Maroon Five to take it. They didn't want him to actually Maroon Five to play the halftime show, but now they they're asking for him to take a knee in defiance to the NFL in favor of Colin Kaepernick. 
So they're bringing a whole Colin Kaepernick thing up again. I don't know Maroon 5 from any other group. Oh, it's like, so Adam, who, so Adam, Adam Levine. Levine. You know okay. who he is? No, no, he doesn't know. <laughs> I don't listen to I don't listen to music much anymore. Yeah, except for it's, stuff but I really like. But out of the blue, all of a sudden, we're talking about Colin Kaepernick again, and I just was like, have we not put this to bed yet? But what what the what's like the what was the genesis of it? The, the genesis is basically they're still saying Colin Kaepernick is, Kaepernick's getting treated unfairly by the NFL, collusion, this, that, the whole nine yards. It's the but dude's, I guess the why, dude's why, out of the, the why league for three focused, years. Why is it focused on Maroon Five? Because, because the, they're the halftime, they're halftime show. Okay, I guess so, it wouldn't have been a bigger deal for the halftime show of the same year that he was kneeling. I, that's what I think. I don't. I, this came up yesterday, literally on Good Morning America. I was like, I was like, all right. Well, I'm, trying, I'm just trying to figure out like what what started it though. Something, something had to get it going. Well, I think so. Roger Waters had something. Yeah, Roger it. had something because Roger came out. And who on is an Roger open, Waters? Roger Waters is the uh, bassist from Pink Floyd. Okay. Well, okay. one of the main guys. He's not just a bassist. He plays guitar. I, yeah, I know, and I think he his point is let's not let this this issue die. Right, and he also and, Roger wants to play. Uh, um, he wants to perform the wall on the Mexico border. The actual, the actual whole album he wants to do right now. He's talking about it. But he he doesn't want it to die, but it's just like all of a sudden out of the blue yesterday, it came up. And I've been watching a lot of Super Bowl yeah. stuff all week, and I haven't I don't heard think anyone bring it up. I don't think it'll ever go away, though, JP, because it's definitely like a, it's a defining moment, you know, yeah. in not just NFL history, but our culture. And, you know, I think – Kaepernick is unfortunately he won't be remembered for his play. No, he'll. This is what he'll be remembered yeah. for, you know. And I, yeah, as as long as America and this world continues to have, you know, strained race relations or whatever you want to call it, that's you know he's going to have a name in mm-hmm. in the history books. So, you know, whether you like it or not, I. But I, I do think that I understand Mark's question, you know, because you know, this is three years removed. Why does the issue just keep coming up? But I think that's why is that Roger's trying to keep the awareness up there and it's about awareness, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally understand that. I, I, I don't have any problem with the issue itself. Well, I was just trying just, to ask your, answer your question. Right. Well, that was that's actually, J, that was actually JP's yeah, question. It, like I said, it was, many years out. it was just my, weird. My, it came up yesterday out of the blue. My, I, I, I'm just trying it. to think of what connection it had. Like, you know, cause something had to cause them to even, bring it up or think about it or say something about it well like i said i think it was at the root of it was you know just keeping that awareness alive i don't know what in roger's life happened that to right. like that's, make that's him kind of what i wonder yeah. but what, i think what that him to suddenly... yeah but it was at that root of that issue it was hey you know i got to do my part to keep you know, to keep this message out there. And I think that's what it was. I don't know where it came from. And, I, and I Roger, don't, you know. Roger's always been an activist and has always been oh, very outspoken. Very. But yes. like I said, it just yes. completely out of the blue yesterday, I came across Good Morning America and they started yeah. talking about it. That's the first I've heard anyone talk about it all week. Yeah. So I don't think I like <laughs> any songs off of that album. I do have a favorite song from them by far, which is Comfortably Numb. Well, that's a great one. Um, yeah. What's your guys' favorite song? Pink Floyd song? Wish You Were Here, Shine On You Crazy Diamond. <laughs> yeah, I love Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Um, I'm not sure I know that one. I also like uh, the Animals album. Oh, that's great. a great album. Yeah, they're they're all good. They really are. Well, that's not picking amazing. a favorite, though. No, man, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite. I mean, you can go all the way back to all the right. Psycho Sid days. 
Yeah, you could. Uh, picking it's one, I'll, I'll say Shine on You Crazy Diamonds, my favorite. Yeah, no, say, uh, Sid Barrett was one of the original members of Pink Floyd. He went insane. He went insane. He basically. Was, he basically was the original. Yeah, member. exactly. I, now, he was, founded Pink Floyd. Did he do Floyd. too much drugs or? There's so there's a kind of two stories. Yeah. You know, from from what I remember, he had a drug problem already. You know, they were he was already, you know, partaking in well, LSD. And, I mean, yeah. So I don't know. They wrote this. You know, their first album came out and. You know, they had a lot of success, but Sid was just kind of going off the deep end. And so I think they wanted to get rid of him. And so they, there's stories, you know, that I, that are in there, like biographies and things yeah. like that. And, uh, you know, they used to dose Sid and they were, you know, putting oh acid God. in his drink and yeah. And he just finally got to the point where he had done, he just melted down, dude. Yeah. He went crazy. And, and that's when they brought and, Gilmore in. Did he die fairly recently, or is I he think still? He did. I think he died fairly he might recently. Still be alive, actually. But he was he was living with his parents for years because he's mentally in, in you know unstable. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Wow. A huge, huge uh, backstory. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't play. He doesn't play music anywhere or solo. I or... think there were times where he tried to do some solo stuff. Yeah, if I remember right, and yeah, you're just, right. His mental health just didn't allow him to 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 do That's... it. Wild, yeah. There's, there's some wild happen? stories way back in the day yeah. from a lot of those bands. Wow. Yeah, it's funny. So, you know, another funny thing about Pink Floyd, I remember from their book, is when they first started, they didn't have a bass player, and Roger barely knew how to play. Mm-hmm. They would have to tune his bass for him. Yep. All the guys, I remember all reading the fellas, because really? he was just terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you end up getting on the band if you if you can't play the instrument? Because they knew him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> interesting, interesting. I know that you guys both like jam bands, uh, but, like, do you have a favorite band? Like, hands down. Even if they're not your favorite, like, now, like, that was, like, the most, in, like, at it's some right. point was just your most, out, you know, dedicated um, favorite ever. I'd have to go with Floyd or the Dead. Okay. That, that'd be my two right there. So what's your favorite Grateful Dead song, then? Um, uh, Morning Dew talks about nuclear holocaust. Interesting, interesting. How about you? Boy, that's a good question. My <laughs> favorite like music group ever, or solo artist? Yeah, anything, whatever. But whoever was like, I mean, I do your, listen your to a lot of Fish. They're definitely up there. Yeah. Um, I would say Led Zeppelin. If I had to choose one band, it would probably be them. No kidding. Yeah. And what's your favorite song? I would have to say Mickey Mountain Hop. No, that's probably one of my least favorite. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like the cover. The cover. I've, I've said before, I don't like Led Zeppelin as a band in terms of how they make sound. Yeah. And I think that the lead singer, I know this is anthema to the rest of the world. I think he's terrible. I think his voice is horrible for for singing. And I have heard most of Led Zeppelin's songs remade by the group, especially that one. Um, like it was a dedication album that came out. Remember, because uh, Dancing Days was done by Stone Temple Pilots, which was fantastic. Missy Mountain Hop was done by Four Non Blondes. It was an outstanding cover. But the originals done by Led Zeppelin, I don't like them. I don't yeah, know why. That's all right. He's he's not for everybody. He's no, he's very raw. Uh, his voice is definitely unique. Very bluesy. Yeah. Very Britney. Yeah, they're very. I, believe it or not, I thought it was a woman before I found out it was a man. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I thought Getty Lee was a woman for years. So I, you know, I didn't know it was a man. Shoot, who's Getty Lee? I don't even know. The head singer for Rush. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, thought that was a yeah. woman. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. My whole time in high school and most of college, I thought it was a woman. I could see that. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, Led Zeppelin and my favorite song, boy, that is a tough one too. I, I think did I would they have Stairway to, say, to Heaven. Know yeah, like they did. The yeah. Stairway to Heaven. I mean, that's a classic. I like Ramble On. Ramble On's a great song. Yeah, I like uh, what's the one Hangman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Cashmere. It's a classic. Yep. Yep. Those are some of my favorite. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what that one sounds like. I don't know. I am so bad with song names. It's incredible. Oh, I'm like I'm, I'm terrible with yeah. it. <laughs> I, can, I can probably give you the name of 17% of all the songs I know. <laughs> you know, like In the fact, bands that I know, I know pretty well. I can give you a bunch of songs. But. Yeah, that that's what the ones and also lyrics. I my mind makes up its own lyrics so prominently it's crazy mine too that when you find i mean i know that you know everybody mis misreads lyrics but when you read sometimes like what the lyrics are and you're like oh wow i've loved this song for years and now that i actually know the lyrics i love what they're saying you know it's like a great there's a great message in that song or whatever and you didn't even notice it notice it before you just love the sound so because for me my by, by far my favorite for a lot of years was metallica and uh wherever i may roam was always my favorite song that's them. a good one so, i love one Oh yeah, that's. Do you think? Would you say one is pretty much the poster song for metal? Yeah. I, I don't you think? I mean, what? what yeah. Who else? I mean, I know Iron Maiden would get pissed off that they aren't in that conversation, but I just. What other song even comes? They're close? not necessarily metal. They're are they hair metal? Yeah, maybe. They're a little yeah. different. A little they're, different genre. They're a little softer. For 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 all the imagery, Iron Maiden wasn't really that. Just like Kiss, softer, right? yes, maybe. But I, I I feel like the imagery that the music creates in my mind is softer from them than it does. Metallica's was always very raw and very angry, but it was always also very poignant. Like one is a wonderful song because it's talking about what happens to a person that's sent to war, you know, and what but happens it, afterwards. But Metallica has that crunch that raw crunch and that dark sound, yeah. even though their songs may not be dark, it does have a dark overtone. Yeah. You know, and it's well, like Kirk Hammett, man, that guy's just, yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. Right. So it's, yeah. yeah, those other, those other bands were, it was more about just obnoxiousness, you know, <laughs> uh, like, I mean, you think of the, the guitar that Eddie Van Halen used to play, like, right. That that's kind of Iron Maiden, like that that type of guitar. That was their every song was like that, just super fast in that Van Halen style, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, without, yeah. without the Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, without Panache. the Van Halen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of, if there's uh, you guys ever heard of Ingve Malmsteen? Ingve I can't Malmsteen. say that I have. No. You should definitely do yourself a favor and listen to one of his songs because it's kind of a combination of uh, Van Halen and Iron Maiden and just like straight guitar virtuoso. Okay, I mean this guy is incredible, but it's like it does it ha- he, the way he plays. It's that Van Halen sound yeah. and that Iron Maiden sort of guitar sound. Is is it poppy? Because I always kind of consider Van Halen to be almost more pop than rock, even no, though they've got you're thinking of, rock. No, you're thinking of their more like Sammy Hagar stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. Much more than David Lee Roth. 
Really? I, could, I hated their Sammy Hagar stuff. I hated it. I thought they were terrible after he took over. That's the poppy stuff, though, to me. Mas Tequila. Yeah. <laughs> Panama and Hot for Teacher, and those all seem very, very poppy to me. Hmm. But I don't know. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's art. Yeah. However, however it is you. We, we, Absolutely. Yeah. We, we yeah. all have a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Hey. So are, are we all Super Bowl down here at the point? Because we've been seeing it all for two weeks now. Thankfully for me, I've been so busy. I've had almost. <laughs> I've seen zero coverage on the Super Bowl. I haven't seen one. I've seen it all week. One TV show. I get it. I get it in the morning before I even start my day because I get up at. I try to get up at four to it's start okay. watching. I'll tune in at about three o'clock yeah. tomorrow, and I'll get two hours of nonstop Super Bowl coverage. Yeah. I'll just rehash everything they said the last two weeks. Yeah, the and NFL the is, It's a big dick, and it loves to be deep throated. <laughs> it really does. It it really does. <laughs> Uh, Roger Goodell finally came like out. To give baby showers. <laughs> Roger uh, Roger finally came out and said a couple comments about uh, the officiating and so on and so forth. And uh, he he came out I think it was yesterday and said that no good can come of stuff like that and they were going to fix everything. But I, I would have liked to hear Roger come out a little bit closer after the game was over to make a couple comments on that. I mean, I was the one that I was, I was, I was the jerk that said, why don't we start finding the referees instead of just the players for stuff like that? Well, I, I, see, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's just it's penalties and it's just, it's, it's officiating. It is what it is. And when I was out in Florida on the golf course, uh, all four of us out there, it was kind of interesting because we all are kind of different in, in our styles and, and whatnot, but uh, we all were concurred. So it's like, you know what? It, everything in our world is already so like, been overrun by technology mm. it's like let's just not do it in sports let's just keep it human and just you know what hey they they made the call you know it, it you if you were out there making the call would you have made a better call would you have seen the call would your eyes have possibly been looking over here looking at you like oh it looks like he might put his hand on him here and then oh right here by the time you turn around you just see the post collision you don't actually see yeah, that but hit. the guy was standing right there well here, here here's but the, was he looking at it I'll tell yeah you, well here's okay. the thing I, mean, I, I saw a different angle on facebook of a, a video of behind the both ref there's two referees looking at it the one didn't want to throw the penalty. The other one was throwing the flag. The other guy starts running up the line and pumping his fist at him saying, don't throw a flag. And the mm. biggest, the, my biggest problem that I have with that whole thing, sure, you can call pass interference. But what we focused on in the preseason now that we're heading into the postseason targeting. is targeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a clear targeting call. Yeah. I mean, he speared him head to head. And that's, that's just the problem that I have with, with the – we've had some really bad officiating in the last – in December alone. And even around Thanksgiving, we had some pretty poor officiating on some of our larger crews in the NFL. Why don't they add some officials? That's, you, know? you know, that's a good question. Add, add guys that are like – you know, have – add guys on the sidelines who are just responsible for the 20-yard – their 20 yards of play, like yeah. plays on the sideline. Add some – you could do that. I, man, that's a tough call because I just don't want to get into replays I, all the time. I know, I think that's, here's it, the pr- it disrupts the flow of the game when you have replays like you that. You can challenge a penalty, can't you? No, no, you can't challenge a penalty. No, you can't challenge a penalty called or for one that wasn't called. Now that's going to change. Gonna now. Be a, so now, be a to me, to me, that. if they if they're going to do anything, you've got to just call the penalty. And then if it's reviewable, you could be like, well, it has to be evidence to overturn it, right? And then I think I brought this right. up last week. I think week the with... same way about airing on the side of not not blowing a call, uh, blowing the whistle to call a play dead. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't do that. Don't right. do that until and you let the play sure finish. Done. Yeah. 
And I think you might have missed this one last week when I said it about the targeting call. In college, you go to the replay to see if it actually is targeted. Because that's a – you get yeah. kicked out of the game, which I think is a good call by – Oh, they don't do by, that in the NFL? No. Oh, I didn't no, know No, 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 no. No, you, you, you get the penalty, but in college, they will go review it. Yeah, to me, it's just – it is kind of – I'm dumbfounded because you watch it over and over and over – the first thing that those refs are conditioned to look for when a guy's, def- you know, if you're looking for pass or interference, is is the guy look the pass back? Right. He does. He doesn't even make any attempt. None. <laughs> to look back at the pass, he is simply targeting that guy's head, or you know, or a, well, I think what, whatever he, what he was targeting what he's trying to do is saying that when this play. guy touches the ball, I'm going to make it so that he can't bring it in. Right. Right. And it's just timing. Any time. Yeah, and his timing was off. Right. So. I you know I, I feel bad for the refs because I, I they're in a tough position. So hard and the game is going so fast. Like you see these replays fifteen times and you see like three angles. Like oh it's obvious. Well it's you fast. See it one time you yeah. know it's fast. Yeah. Now I could never be a referee because my eyes are so bad to begin with. I, <laughs> you know I'd have trouble knowing who who was where. But well that's you know. I mean that is they have the front judge and the back judge and the side judge the and line the, judge. you know the they line judge. judge. Yeah they do. So you know they're all responsible for certain things, but. You know, it's unfortunate they missed the targeting call. Yeah. And, and, that's and, the part of it that, that really gets me. That, that That's uh, the part that got me because we made yeah. such a, a, a point to, to, in the preseason. And pretending to, that they're protecting players. Yeah. And that's that's the part. And, I'm, and now, granted, there was a face max call on Jared Goff that never got called the series before that by the yeah. goal line. So, I, you and, know, we and there, was, and there was a face mask call played against the against the Chiefs mm-hmm. for barely grazing Tom Brady. Yeah. I also think those referees, they they want to let the guys play as much as they can, especially in a big game like that. And I I don't think they want to be the difference, you know? Right. So you don't want a game to I change on a penalty call. If I'm that referee, his probably his thinking is just don't call anything. Don't call it. No call. You know, let's let them play a little bit. You know, from a pass interference perspective, again, I don't get them not seeing the targeting. I yeah. don't get that yeah. at all. Like, it was obvious. I it mean, he, so he hit him so hard in the head, he spun him around. Everybody in the stadium <laughs> saw it. So right. that part of it, I do not get. But the pass interference part of it, I, under, I'm, mm-hmm. I totally understand. From more than almost any other sport, football's penalties, a lot of them, or at least rules even, are much more uh, – not personality-based, but perception-based than other sports, right? Well, I mean, yeah. Maybe the flop, you could say, oh, that one's a little bit more, you know, kind of like in that vein. But yeah. in football, you've got, like, think of how hard it is to, to determine what a catch is. We still don't know to this day, I don't no. think. No. <laughs> and, and, and there's so many changes. Think back to how different it used to be. I mean, it used to be that you could have, um, you know, if you were pushed out of bounds, but you would have been in bounds. They could still call it a catch. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. You know, it's like, wait a minute, that's you know, I'm glad they changed that one, but that was a rule for a long that, time. That was a rule. And then, but I mean, all the other, all the penalties that they have in football, like the tuck rule, right? You know, I mean, did he tuck it? Did he not tuck it? You know, was it was it is it a fumble or a forward pass? I mean, there's so much that's that's you know from perception that I I think that's what we work we're, we're going to run into problems forever. Yeah. yeah. And I no, it sucks because you hate to kill the flow of these games. And and that's what ultimately. You, when you get so ticky tacky, you're going to just change the flow of the game and there's no way around it. And how bad are those games? Oh, the ones where you see a, there's a flag every two seconds, man, there was an Eagles Dallas game, I think two years ago uh, at the link in, uh, in Philly. And there was a flag every other play. 
and it was and it was on national TV, and it was you couldn't even watch the game. Yeah, you know so what? I I think the real easy solution to this is make everything reviewable. However, you give an an extra challenge, and and there's three challenges a game, and then everything under a minute is you know if it's I don't know how you would qualify it. Uh, you know, whether it's a, you know, touchdown, because I know touchdowns are automatically reviewed inside two minutes mm-hmm. now, or if it was well, just... No, all, all touchdowns are automatically reviewed. All, to, yeah, all, 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 all touchdowns. Okay. All touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, you know, I think if you made, like, the last minute of the game, all plays reviewable. I think it's... I, I, you, think I mean, you want them to get it right. Right. You know, I think I it's turnovers in the last two minutes of the game are automatically reviewable. Okay. I think that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, that could be. Um, yeah. But to me... I think everything should be reviewable, but well, you have no, to put a limitation on it. When, so when when you say everything, are you talking penalties? Are you talking scoring? Are you talking, yeah, everything. Because so I, I guess here's the scenario that I, I think is a problem. I already know what you're going to tell me, but okay. go ahead and well, give so it. What's, what's your solution then? Well, why don't you give the scenario? But my okay. And, so the scenario is you're you're you have four guys you hire on staff to be in a room watching on TVs uh, for watching other feeds and looking for any, any penalty done. As we all know, there's a holding penalty. Every done, play. Every almost play. every play. Yeah. So other team scores a touchdown. You immediately call for a review. Say, ah, that guy was holding. Mm-hmm. Ref says, yes, he was. Yep. Play is called dead. Touchdown comes back. Yep. That, that's, that's the caveat. That's your fear. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's why you only get three challenges. Okay. But, I mean, three, three scoring plays you can call back in a, in a half, though. Okay. Well, then they're, then you're That's done. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, Mark, we, or you leave it at two, you know, leave it at two. If that's, if you think that's, that's what it is. I don't care what it is. It should be reviewed. It should, everything should be reviewable. But if you only get two, then you, <laughs> then that keeps the flow of the game, yeah. you know, unless yeah. it's the last minute, you know, and it's like a game, you know, where it's close and it's a meaningful play, then you need to look at it, you know? So would you also then say that in the last two minutes, you no longer can use your challenges even if you save them? Because what I could also yeah. see is like a coach saying, I'm just going to save my two challenges until the no, last that's drive what, of the game. That's what I'm saying. The last two Those challenges are only good up until the last two minutes like they are now. Okay. And then the last minute of the game or, the, or whatever it would be, two minutes or one minute, whatever the determined time is. Right. Um, you know, then that's when the, you'd go to the booth, you know? Yeah. I got you. I would say – I, the, the caveat that I would put on the whole thing, I could say you can review anything, but any penalties that you are reviewing have to be within sight of the ball and like give a certain circumference of, you know, around the, you know, of, of the player with the ball or where the ball is to call the play. So like saying, if there was an illegal block done over here, so someone but there was a guy, the running the back was over here, that's, that's inconsequential. It's not considered, you can't, it has to be within the scope of the play that's happening. Like, you know, if it's going to this receiver here, but there's PI on this receiver over here, you know, mm. it can only be if it's in progress. But it's time limited, though. So you think somebody's going to see everything on every play? Oh, yeah. I think the Patriots would, in a second, they would hire, they would have a guy on every feed, unless the NFL says you can't have those feeds. Unless the NFL says you can only have the TV feed. I don't know what the rules are on Yeah, that. I think if you don't keep it limited to that, you know, and just. But a home stadium? Fucking cameras stacked everywhere, you know, put them anywhere you want. Say, oh, we're recording for 
for you well, know, I think if you're you know if you're the NFL, you have to you regulate where the cameras go. They may. I don't yeah. know. I mean, you know, Mark, we've talked about this, and I think Nate, we've talked about this before. The way hockey does it, they have a main office in Toronto that does nothing but look at replays. Yeah, and they go right to Toronto. There's no one in the arena anymore looking at that subjective replay. Now, they that, have one guy that going thing where over the guy goes into the, into the little booth thing with the curtain or whatever to look at the play. That always has blown my mind. Like, why would you do that other than being in a dark? Someone who's in a darker room that can has a high definition television. But I, they said on the, one of our morning shows here locally. That the reason is because they get what's that? Reading lips. Reading lips. I don't know. That that is that why they would do it? Go under the curtain? Oh no! They, because they wanted to have them show them holding the uh, the branded uh, review equipment, like Microsoft or whatever. Well, the the, the other thing, because I mean, I've I've walked the bowels of Mile High. There's an actual replay booth up there. What the referee is looking at down there is what the replay officials are going over. So he gets to know what they're thinking with the way they make. The he's got to have some input too, I would imagine, right? There's oh, so the play, so the, the so the decision being made by the guys in the booth. The the booth makes the decision. The, oh, the, I didn't know that. the referee on the field has his say. But he's also looking at what the booth is oh, looking so at, so, so he okay. can make the, he can he can bring the call to the field, so he can explain oh, it better. Oh, I didn't realize that. Not well, to mention they do in baseball, right? Yeah, not to mention the Microsoft Surface tablets now that you see all over the damn place. That's good. For, for an okay, advertisement. So I because, I thought, yeah, the, the, I thought the one on the I got I thought the guy on the ground was the, the guy that was the, making the call. The replay the booth replays. is at, at Mile High. The replay booth is on the west side, and it is right next to the uh, the uh, the media or the, where the press sits, it's the first booth. The windows are completely blocked out. They can only see the field. You can't even see in that booth. Right. Nice. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, actually. Yeah. I am glad to hear that. So, cool. Good deal. Good deal. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot to, to discuss with all of there that. There is, and yeah. the NFL is going to have a very interesting offseason, especially because of that Saints play of going, where do we go with this? How far do we take it? And how yeah. far do we not take it? Well, I also think technology can play a huge part in all of this. You know, at some point, they're going to be able to come up with a way to pretty much get rid of referees, I would think. You know, where maybe not in football as much as, like, baseball, you know, yeah. like. Well, the strike zone would be a cool thing to, like. If you, it seems you like know. it would be pretty easy. And, yeah, I mean, you could just do, like, like lasers, literally, like, pinpoint where the player's knee is and where their where their armpit is and be like, that's the strike zone, you know. I mean, that that's yeah. Or put a like some sort of chip in the ball. That you know? too, of course. A tiny chip to show inside exactly the ball. where it was. Yeah, I mean, they already seem to be able to do that. Almost. Yeah. So they get uh, pretty darn close with thing. that uh, with that that strike zone indicator when yeah. they track the pitches. With, with the in football though, they sh- why is there not a, a microchip GPS inside the football? And then you have line the, the sidelines. You're like, this is exactly where the ball is. This is if exactly where the first that down wall, line is. Then you'll know it. Yeah, no, nope. no measurements needed because we know exactly where the first down measurement is. It's no longer this guesswork. You nope. know, I think that would be a fan. touchdowns. No more worried about touchdown calls. Up, oh, broke the plane. Yeah, Game over. Well, it's just like the hockey. The light comes on, right? Yeah, no. And uh, college football this year for the college football playoff, they went into the pylon camps. They had a camera looking down the goal line. They had a camera looking up the sideline. So they introduced that this year, too, to give them an extra. Those, those pylon cameras are cool. They are. The, the national championship game, I think, had about 70 cameras in the stadium. 
is what mm-hmm. I, so I think I remember. Game? But you <laughs> could put some sort of invisible signal yeah. that's just like a wall mm-hmm. and then a microchip on each end of the football, you know. And yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that real easy. Yeah. And I think we're going to get to that at that point at some point. But, you know, like I said, it's going to be interesting what the NFL does this offseason with some of these rules. Yeah. It, is there any rule that you guys particularly want to see changed or added? Uh, I don't – not really. I'm not – I don't really – I think they should get rid of the kicking game, but that's just me. I think that that uh, defensive back should be, al- uh, should be allowed to put their hands up without looking back. I, I do not understand that rule at all. You can put your hands up without looking back. Oh, you can? You, absolutely. Yeah, you you can just now. can't make contact. You can't make any contact. with. You can put your hands up now, but you can't make contact. With the, with the ball or the player? With the player. The player. But I've seen guys get called for pass interference because they say, look, he does not look back, and he put his hand up. And because they call he it makes shielding. contact. No, they, call it, they called it shielding. That they were obstructing that. the view. No, it, that's usually, totally legal. Usually it's, there's one hand on a shoulder pad when they're trying to reach up and face guard because they're trying to get leverage on the yeah, person because they know they can't no get their head around. Well, if okay, there's well, no contact, so you're saying if there's no contact at all and the defender goes up like this with his hands in the air to try, and block to the try ball. to block the ball, that's a penalty? Yes, that's pass interference. No, that's not true. All right, I will look into it for yeah. next week's show. For next week's show. Yeah, I disagree with that. I I was I've been flabbergasted more than once at how stupid of a rule it is. Well, it's when I see it called. That's I, also in, into interpretation too, because I've seen it called sometimes. I've seen it not called sometimes. Without with, with contact. With contact, because that's the whole thing. Is if you're if you're even close enough to even look like you're in contact with them, they're going to call you on it. But if you're just if you put your hands up, it's it's not going to be. Anything. But I mean, I'm talking any contact. Yeah. Is their feet get tangled or they hit hips right. or they, you know, you know, any contact. I mean, I understand the contact should always be a penalty because you're not supposed to touch them after five yards. I know that sometimes they let them play a little bit, but um, yeah, they definitely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about the contact, from my understanding. That was my interpretation. I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but. I thought that was minor because I thought they just changed. Why that. would you? Yeah, I thought why, they just changed that. Why would before you, there was face guarding. How does that affect anything? Like I don't understand. Like if you're if you're defending the ball, why does it matter if you're so looking one of the, back? One of the what are the situations that you guys are aware of that the not looking back is a penalty? Because I haven't seen that called. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying, but you do. But you have heard the thing like, oh, obviously he didn't look back, so that's a penalty on certain plays, it's not just where they run into the player. You can't run into the player anyway. Uh, I've only seen that called with contact. And normally they have one hand in the air and one hand on have, like their but, arm. But why does it matter if you look back or not if there's contact? If there's contact, it's, you're already breaking the rule, right? So what would, have, what would looking back have to do with it? I don't know. But I mean, looking back is definitely part of the rule on the pass interference. Yes. So in it's regard, part, then, I think it's just part of it. You know, if you make have to get the if you make book. contact, yes, it's a it's a penalty, right? Isn't that the deal? Like no matter what, no matter what, if you make contact with a receiver and the ball's not tipped, it is a penalty. So why does it matter if you look back? That's a very valid question. I don't know. Well, and they always say on those face guarding penalties, if you get your head around, you probably have an interception. Yeah, I I just I can't remember ever seeing it called with no contact. 
I, that's, seen, that's the only thing I can say to that. I don't. I, I saw it called in college years ago. Yeah, is is re- where I remember it. Okay. Yeah, I'll look into it deeper. I'm trying to look at it right now, but I can't. I mean, it's, it's well, really hard. hard. Well, the, the, the things the thing is, is the NFL we changed they changed the rules so often that a lot of times the young refs can't keep up with right. with actually what the rules are, and they get tested that before every season on everything. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of the other problems is, you know, we try to change stuff so many times. It just gets, you know, like we, we, we still can't define a catch, like we said earlier. Right. And it's kind of crazy because how, what's the last time they changed a rule in baseball? Good Lord. Just the, the, the replay rule, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, I guess like, that's not really changing that's a rule. Really it's just ch- a they're adding, reviewing a rule. They're adding a rule, basically. Well, they're just reviewing a call. Yeah. But like when, when's the last time they changed a rule? Like raising the mound, right? That was a changing of a rule. Yeah. Um, and that happened when? That happened when they oh, changed the rule in baseball, or no, no, in when's the last time they changed a rule in baseball? Um, it it might have been the the Buster Posey thing about well, the way sliding into home plate. Mm-hmm. The second base thing they changed pretty recently too. The neighborhood play. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the neighborhood change? Well, they used to, you know, if there was like a double play or whatever, you. The player, they would still call him out at second, even if he didn't oh, hit fan, the bag. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. And now you have to actually touch the bag. They, because call the replay. they also changed the sliding rule, though. Like, if you are that hook slide at second base, if you go outside the baseline more than you – I don't know what the rule is, but I, yeah, I that rule changed has something. changed you, you get, you get, and that, and uh, so many that was because of the Dodger guy uh, Chase sliding Lightning. into yeah, yeah. sliding into okay. as Dribble Cabrera. I found it right here. Okay. Let me see if this is a legit website. But <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? If it's on the internet, you know it's, it's legit. <laughs> it's gotta be true. Okay, that's that's really interesting. Um here, I'll read it to you guys. So there is no rule that either the receiver or the defender must ever look back for the ball. It just makes sense for both of them to do so. Uh, if there's actual interference with an opponent's attempt to play the ball only, will that be called? The only consideration given to whether a player of either team looks at the ball is in judging whether an action by that player that might otherwise be in fe- interference is permitted action incidental to a bona fide attempt to play the ball. Here's a, for example, contact occurs between opponents who might have been able to play the ball, but neither one was attempting to play the ball as evidence, for instance, by failure to look for it. So no interference. Contact occurs between opponents and the contact interferes with the ability of one of them to play a ball they might have been able to play or to play more advantageously if the player who initiated contact was not attempting to play the ball. It's interference by that player. Boy, I tell you what, I'm going to start recording on Sunday on Red Zone Channel, and the next time I see a play where they talk about it's a penalty because the guy didn't look back, I'm going to record that because i got to figure out what they're talking about then because they make a distinct difference on the call. That's weird. Well, then it makes more sense then because that shouldn't be a rule. I couldn't figure out why that was a rule. So maybe they're talking about it's a courtesy thing, but that would seem like odd in the NFL. You know, NHL last time they changed a rule was the two line pass. Yeah, the two line pass. They yeah, got rid of the, the line. They got they got rid of the two line pass. Um, I hate off. I okay, hate this guy's in, offsides. In, in, offsides in soccer, I like it. I don't like it. In hockey. Real quick, this guy answered that question as well. He worked for the NFL 
for two years or 20 years and two years working for an NFL team. Uh, he says it's defensive pass interference only if there is contact by the DB that inhibits the ability of the receiver to make the catch. There is no rule that either the receiver or the defender must ever look back for the ball. Well, that's so interesting. Yeah. So they'll never forget when he put his hand up and hit the ball, but he wasn't even to the receiver, and they called a pass interference on him. While the ball is in the air, it is pass interference if either offensive or defensive players inhibit the ability of the opposing player to catch the ball. So is blocking your vision considered inhibiting your ability to catch the ball? I don't know. So maybe that's, that's the another maybe question. maybe that's where it comes from. Is that if you Okay, so here that's funny the next guy actually says that. What what you describe is sometimes referred to as face guarding. Face guarding, not shield. There was there, a time know. when this was a penalty in the NFL. It no longer is. Unless the defender makes contact with the receiver, it's not a penalty. So there you huh. go. Yeah. Well, it's just weird. It's actually sure Section 8, that I saw. Rule 8, Section 5, Article 1 in the NFL rule book definition of what pass interference is as well as <laughs> some other things. I wonder how thick the NFL book is. I have the MLB rule book. I'll bet it's thick. You it's better about, believe it's thick. <laughs> it, was about an, it, was about, it was about an inch or so. Oh, uh, football's got to be got three it. times the yeah. size of that. <laughs> I mean, think of how many moving parts every play, you know, in a football yeah. game go on. Golf yeah. has some interesting rules. Oh, good lord! Yeah, I yeah I saw that. They're at, they're down there in uh, Phoenix for the Waste Management Open. So the you Waste Management Open. Oh, this is a, this is the good one. This is they got the green and the gold everywhere. Or this what? is the stadium hall, the whole sixteen mm, where they have just, 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 just waste just the stadium. TPC at Sawgrass. Uh, I'm not even sure what the course is, but it's it's this yeah. this is it, the fun one is. where there's it's like two hundred thousand people on the course. It's the Island Par Three, right? The seventeen Island Par Three. Yes, that's, yeah, that's TPC at Sawgrass. Yeah. So, but this, this is this is the good one. This is where if they get the hole in one, they start. Everybody throws their beer bottles onto the the course and their water bottles. I mean, this is complete. You How know, often do these hole in ones happen? Oh, you better believe it happens pretty often. Yeah, there's there. It seems like there's almost one every tournament. Yeah. Um. So. Really? Yeah. They're that often? Yeah, they're they're pretty often Jeez. in the pros. Yeah. The guy I golfed with this weekend, he said he's hit two in his life. And uh, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. I got a quick little story for you. This is crazy. So this is at a sales meeting, right? So yeah. um, you've got salespeople and salespeople. Uh, I guess a nice way to say it is our functional alcoholics for the most part. Um, not that they're actually alcoholics, but just that salespeople tend to drink a lot because it's just kind of a personality thing. And I've been to a lot of sales meetings and there's a lot of heavy drinking. And we go out to the golf course at this meeting. I was at last week and you know, he's got two tall boys to start the game, right? He's got two, two tall boy Bud Lights, you know. And the, we get to the first hole, and the cart girl's at the first hole. Hands her the credit card, says everybody on this team or on this group, throw them on the card. You know, he's like, and the funny thing, he just he goes, eh, well, just whatever, whatever we rack up in bills, I'll tell you guys, that's what you got to sell this quarter, you know, to cover. And so uh, he, the other person in our group, you know, is like, let's take a Bloody Mary. So he goes, yeah, I'll do a Bloody Mary as well. And then she's starting to make it and she did a good job. I mean, she had Worcestershire and she had, you know, she was mixing them back and forth in cups and stuff. And he goes, why don't you throw, make those a double, make them a double. So she makes some doubles. 
And so then she hands the first guy his drink, and he goes, you know what? Why don't you throw another one in the ice? So she empties a third bottle. So we got three shots in this fucking one Bloody Mary, right? Then, wow. and she hands him to that. Then he says, here, can you take one of my tall boys and put it in your cooler? He goes, make sure you're coming around a lot, because we're going to tip you really heavy. And uh, make sure you're coming around all the time. Keep this in your ice chest. Keep it cold for me, and I'll just drink this one until I see you again, right? Well, this girl was smart. And she, she just basically hovered our group. I don't even know if she even helped any other golfers, right? I think she just kind of went back and forth between our group and, you know, and, and firing off. This guy put away two Bloody Marys. Two one with, triples? One, tri- one was a quadruple because when she handed him his drink, he said, float. He, said, yeah, he, said, well, he said, why don't you just hand me another bottle, too? And he just put that, he just put, he just put that on the dash. And he emptied that in halfway through his drink. So he had a, a four-shot Bloody Mary, a three-shot Bloody Mary, Two tall boy Bud Lights and I think a screwdriver. Right? In 18 holes, guy golfed a 69. <laughs> this guy was phenomenal. He just crushes it straight. It, it just went every shot. Yeah. That perfect little arc onto it. And he helped me a lot with my swing while I was golfing. And I was like, dude, if there's anybody I'm going to listen to, it is a guy <laughs> who's drunk off his ass and shoots a 69. And I mean, just beautiful shots. The only, uh, thing he, the only thing he didn't have was he wasn't a great long distance butter. Uh, Everything else was phenomenal. I don't think the guy was in the rough one time, uh, the whole time. I think he was in the sand trap twice, but never once did I remember him being in the rough. The sand trap isn't even a hazard anymore. Those guys are so good out of the sand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's and like these, an advantage almost. And he called these waste traps, not sand traps. So there wasn't rakes or anything. It wasn't like sand at all. It was just like, it was like clay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was soft clay, but it was yeah, clay. Uh, uh, link style. Yeah. I, I'd never played in those before. Mm-hmm. They're a lot easier to hit out of, in my opinion, than, yeah. mm-hmm. than uh, the sand sand yeah. ones. But I tell you what, dude, that was, that was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. And the best part was when she got to the last time, it was four o'clock and she came by and she goes, okay, this is my last run. And he looks at his watch and he goes, it's four o'clock. What do you mean it's your last run? And she says, oh, that, that's the rules that the course I have to be done at four in the winter time. Hmm. And he was like, oh, it's ridiculous. So, you know, he got like, had to give us like extra, like four extra beers or whatever, you know? And, um, and he, uh, that was, who is this? this is the national sales director or the, the guy who runs all the salespeople. Jeez. He's he's a born he's a salesman and he's a big dude too. Don't get me wrong, this guy was big, not not fat, just big. So huh. and he's from New Jersey and he's obviously Irish. I mean the guy <laughs> the guy could just drink and, and, and an alcoholic obviously. <laughs> well, here's the thing that I would say is not only did he not in any way appear even slightly inebriated, just tolerance. Well, I'm sure that's a big part of it, but he also like. I mean, he was he was running these sales meetings for you know eight hours, ten hours, and obviously not drinking. So, you know, I, I think he's just a big drinker. You know, just a just a big a big in, a big intaker of life. But it was just you have was, to be to consume that amount of alcohol and yeah, not you, have it affect you, you noticeably. Get, yeah, yeah, you get an Irishman from Jersey and look out. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, he yeah. just kind of remind me of, I, I won't say his other name, but, you know, like, well, yeah, we have a buddy who can drink like that yeah. for a long time before you even notice the first slightest bit. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you said it. I didn't say anything. I don't want to say anything. He bust down a name. Yeah. You <laughs> busted, Corey. <laughs> and, uh, but then the best part was after she did that last run, and he was, because he was, he was just flabbergasted that he's just a big fella. Um, oh, this guy's as big as Corey. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 
but then uh, she he said he said so how do I like do your tip thing and she's like oh well they they add an automatic eighteen once you get above a certain amount he's like fantastic throw seven percent on top of that have a good day there you go and I was like now that's that's a guy who knows that's a that's a salesman right there yeah that's a guy who knows how to milk his people and get the most out of what he wants and that's 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 sales you know how yeah. to do that you're going to be good in sales it has nothing to do with anything it doesn't, product doesn't usually matter. It's how good you can build relationships mm-hmm. in a, a face-to-face sale. Mm-hmm. It is not the same if you're doing internet or phone no, sales. No, no, no. It's a very different animal. But uh, this guy know. was this guy. Yeah, but this guy was this guy had some talent, some serious talent. So always fun. I'm to surprised watch he didn't go kiss the alligator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part was we started got. I mean, before I mean, because I, I was a little bit nervous at first, right? Because you're like, well, this guy's a big. Big, big, big head honcho guy, you know. He's a client, da da da. And uh, I was, I was sharing the golf cart with him, you know. And so I was like, I want to make sure that I don't, you know, you know, you try to make things good, not not make things worse, you know. And man, that was one of the most fun like three and a half hours I can remember because the guy loves sports, loves the Patriots. He's he's from Boston. Um, it's a mass hole. Huh? Love, yeah, loves. <laughs> I've never heard that. You never heard that? Oh, man. We used to throw that one around all the time in PA. <laughs> and uh, 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 he loves to gamble. And, I mean, at first, you know, first sometimes someone tells you they like to gamble, and you're thinking, oh, they know, you know, the spreads and overs and unders and things. No, man. This guy started naming prop bets for the Super Bowl that he was thinking of. Started, we started talking strategies on when in a teaser it's appropriate to um, – do an insurance bet or on a parlay when it's a good day to do insurance bet. He is very similar to my thinking of the best parlays you'll ever do is two morning games, one afternoon game, and one of the primetime games since Sunday or Monday. Yeah. Like it keeps it, it you know, it's like, and, it's just, it, and you can actually hit a four teamer. Yeah. Know? Those yeah. are, those are doable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it just, it just, it's really fun when you suddenly realize that somebody's got a lot of the same interests. And I was like, damn, if only this guy liked playing video games and Star Wars <laughs> and Asians, we'd be set. But that's the best part is that he was talking about going to one of the breakout dinners, right? Because, you know, all the teams will break out and, and the manager will go. And then the director has to go with one of them to their meal, right? And he told me which one he was going to. And there's a very attractive woman that was in that group. And I was like, oh, you get to go have dinner with so-and-so. He just starts roaring, laughing. He's like, oh, so you, that one got your eye, huh? Da, da, da. And we started chatting so they started chatting about like you know preferences on women guys married to a half a filipino i was like damn it dude you feel like you're like living my dream <laughs> you're a great golfer you can drink like crazy you got an asian wife and you make a lot well, of money <laughs> you're gonna have to change from an introvert to an extrovert that's the, that's the solution that's yeah. your that's your million dollar idea right Mark. there it right is there. all you have to do is change your personality to suit the extrovert style of life all i have to do is completely change the way my body and mind function. <laughs> you easy. can do it. You can do it, man. We got it. faith in you, man. How hey. easy that is. But uh, but anyway, good time. Good time on the golf course out there. You know, I tell you, it, it's why you realize. Also, one time I was like trying to watch myself a little bit, and twice he looked at me and goes, "There's no HR out on the golf course." And he would start laughing, you know, because like he's just boisterous, you know, he's old old school kind mm-hmm. of. No, but he's old school boisterous, you know, and. Dude, it was just funny about like some of the, and that's when you start saying that really is where a lot of deals get made is on that golf course. Well, fuck when yeah. you're having Hell a couple yeah. of drinks and you're having a good time and you're laughing, and you're just like, look, let's just make this happen with this and this and this. It's like, okay, you know, we can hit that price. Let's just do it. You know? And I often think that my boss, it's, it's a, I think it's a hindrance that he doesn't like to golf and I'm terrible. I played like, dude, you would not believe how bad I played. 
out on this golf course. I there was so Florida, right? There's lots of water, oh, yeah. lots of waterways and, and creeks and things mm-hmm. or ponds. I hit every one. I took those warrior golf balls. Remember those ones that I had? I took those with me so I didn't have to buy any balls. I ran out of balls. I didn't play the last two holes that they played because I didn't have a ball anymore. I mean, it's just unbelievable how badly I played. I mean, I had, you know, I had what's crucial for golf. I had one really nice long putt that everybody just cheered for, and I had two really nice drives. And that's really what gets you going back, right? Mm-hmm. It's a couple of good yeah. shots. At least if you're mean, you don't get good scores. It's, you know, it's that one good shot that you remember and you want to do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, 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 my golf cart buddy, he, he constantly was talking about how has to make sure that you've lubed up the golf swing enough. And I'm like, man, this that's is a really fine line. That's what, I, that's what I always used to say. You got to get some lubrication, right? Exactly. Same thing for pool, right? Yeah. But, but you got to be careful you don't go too lubricated because then all of a sudden everything falls apart. Yeah, again. true. Yeah. But uh, I was going to tell you, so uh, when, I, when she was asking me what I wanted, I was going to get a Stella. And I saw Yinling. And I went, oh, oh yeah. I didn't, you know what? They talk about that beer all the time. Yeah. I said, give me one of those. I'll get, actually, I get two of them. That beer's good. It's I get good, it. And they, they, I get it. I, yeah, they, I don't think I've ever had it before. No, they, uh, the the daughters now basically run the brewery, and they, they've expanded to Florida. Because my ex-brother-in-law lives in Florida and plays golf like almost every other day down there. Uh, I think he lives right on – he lives – I forget where he lives anymore. Oh, cool. Port, Port St. Lucie, I think. I'm going to be and, playing uh, some golf while I'm down there. I'm just so. a fan of I'm – a, I'm a fan of, of subtle beer. Mm-hmm. And they the, the, the wonderful subtleness – to the union. And I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, am I saying it right? Uh, well, we just call it a lager. Oh, a lager. Okay. Just give okay. me a lager. Yeah, great, dude. I had, I think I had five of them out on the course. There. <laughs> Those were great. Those yeah, were they, great. it's good. I always like going back and uh, getting, getting a couple. You know, I was just back home for my parents' 50th, and I had a six-pack of some, some lager in the fridge. It's perfect for golf. Yeah, yeah it really is. They've been married longer than I've been alive. <laughs> wow, dude. To not get to the point where you can't stand a person for longer than I've been alive. <laughs> yeah, they hit their fiftieth. Boy, and how many siblings do you have? Is it just you and your adopted sister? Uh, my adopted sister, and I have one older sister. You have an older she's, sister. Yeah, she's okay. yeah, ad- adopted and uh, and and natural sister. Sherry is. Uh, let's see, what am I? Oh, she's about forty. Forty-eight, forty-nine. Here. Cindy is Cindy. My adopted sister is a year older than I am. Um, but uh, and yeah, you're 54. <laughs> Jeez, 54. Dude, uh, don't make me get out my stun gun. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was good as my predictions. On oh no, I always have to tell this one because somebody asked me in high school if that if my if Cindy was my real sister or if she was adopted. I said, "What do you think? My mom slept with a freaking mailman." <laughs> right, right. I do know, like. Um, there is I, I there was this couple that was in my church when I was young, and it was a it was an Asian it was an Asian and uh, and Caucasian family, and all of the kids but one looked just like the Asian mother, and the one that didn't had Asian facial features, uh-huh. but the skin was Irish pale with freckles. Oh wow! Not I shouldn't say Irish, but like very right, right. very northern Caucasian. Right. And it was it was a sight to see someone with you know distinctly Asian features, especially like in the eye and in the nose, and but then have completely like Caucasian yeah. looking skin. That was a really interesting like it mm-hmm. wasn't because it wasn't like the you're used to that like merge right where everything yeah. just merges together and you get kind of in the middle. But 
you know. I actually wrote a paper on skin tone when I was in like I don't know if it was college or yeah, junior college. So um, you know, like black people, you know, you have a wide range of skin tone, same with white people, right? I mean, um, you know, all all race yeah, all races, you know, so like my question was was does does that pass on genetically? You know, like if you have, you know, a white person that let's say the dad is really, you know, dark hair, but white, white skinned, dark eyes and just, you know, tans really easy and just has that kind of that darker, like like Italian or Greek. I guess, you know, more just that olive skin tone, you know, whereas then maybe the mom is blonde with blue eyes and just really fair skinned, you know. Now, which trait is that kid going to take on? Is it going to take on mom's trait, dad's trait, or a combination of the two? You know, how does that genetic work? And it's, uh, you know, it's still kind of indeterminate, but just by looking at how people have been produced, you know, like it's, it is more of a, it, it can be both. So it can be, you know, really light skinned person over here, or it could be, you know, someone that's really more like their dad where they're really dark skinned or they could be in the middle. Right. So I don't know what, what the influence is there with the genetics. Well, usually it's going to be who has, what, which genes are the dominant genes. Mm -hmm. And if these people happen to have like all four of the genes are recessive Mm -hmm. because you're going to get your, each parent, you're going to get two, right. You're going to get their mother and their father. And I don't remember if it's recessive though. Well, which thing is that if, if, how dominant a gene is allows. So like if you have a person, if this one person has a very dominant gene in their skin color, it's going to, it's going to more often show up in their children. And if it, if there's a merging of them, it's going to be a lesser merge kind of thing. But, but that's, genetics, what I, that's what I'm saying is I don't remember if it's a dominant gene, like skin pigment, if that's a dominant gene or not. I no, can't no, remember. Every, every, every chromosomal gene there, they have, they have different levels of dominance in them. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. I, I'm saying they're, that there is, of course, dominant genes in skin color. It's just whichever ones you have. Because you're going to have a dominant and a recessive gene for every gene trigger that you have. Well, of course, that's how they match up. Right. So yeah. if the one that has your neg, if, if, your, if your recessive one is the one that ends up in your sperm, and the recessive one of your wife is the one that ends up in your ovum, then your recessive gene can dominate. If it's more dominant than her recessive, so your recessive is more dominant than her recessive. That's what I was over. saying. So that's why I'm, that hence the wide range of people, or hence the wide range. Oh, of I thought you were asking zone. a question. No, no, no. I was stating that. I got you. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, you. yeah. My bad. No, okay. My bad. I was confused. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and that was the other thing I was thinking. <laughs> Sorry, of that it took was... us so long to get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you were asking if there is a dominant gene in 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 skin tone, and I was like, well, you know, it just depends on which ones come out of you. Oh, and yeah, no, I guess I I. I thought that the, that's what the I didn't know what the determining factor was from that range. If that's what it was, like if there was a dominant one, or if that's how it worked. If that was the gotcha. Yeah, yeah I didn't understand lottery. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, mother. What was was this Kramer saying? Mother yeah, it's a, a yeah, it's a lottery. Yes. I uh, you made me think about something else, and I can't remember what it is anymore. It was something about genes in my family, but it's crazy. Like when you see like. My mom, my grandma, and my sister all are very trim, you know, just naturally. Like, they, they tend to have a felt kind of, de, you know, design. And they're, my mom's great-grandmother and my grandmother's mother was the opposite. She was very heavy and very easy to gain weight. And somehow I got her gene, even though the other gene is what went through, you know. Yep. So 
I'm guessing that somehow I didn't, the dominant gene didn't make it into my matchup and I instead got right. that, you know, but then again, and then on my dad's side, my dad's dad was not super heavy, but all of his sisters were very large yeah, and very French large, you know, which means the big boobs. Okay. So but, I got a know. question for you. So let's say you have, you know, like a patriarch of the family, like grandpa and grandpa's white. Okay. And grandpa's wife is black. They have a kid. That kid is a male and, you know, is kind of like uh, in between white and black skin tone. Okay. And then then that person marries a black person, a black male, Mm -hmm. and they have a kid. Can that kid be white? Hmm. Uh, you'd have Probably. to, yeah. There has to be a small percentage because if you, if the patriarch started out as a as a white male, there still has to be. It's like Tiger. Tiger has eight different nationalities yeah. in him. Now, what I'm, what I do, I have read, and I don't know if, for certain about this, but I have read that darker skin tones tend to be more dominant than light skin genes. Makes but, sense. but I think absolutely yes. I mean, there's they albino, can be born white. So. Yeah. Well, that's an abscess of okay, absence yeah, of Yeah, sure, that's absence so, of pigment, yeah. But I, I, I think absolutely, if there is that gene in the background, yeah. yes, I think they could. I'm, I, I'm sure there's a certain number of, of post-mating that that gene becomes too rare to be an influence anymore. Yeah. But, you know, you carry a lot of genes, right? You carry a lot of genes that, you, that are never used. So, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I would think it would have to be possible. How has no one made a movie or written a book out of that situation before? <laughs> Maybe we just haven't ever looked. Yeah, they, they've, done, they've done the opposite one, right? They've done the black, you know, where the, where the black uh, skin tone takes over the white skin tone, right? Like, yeah, um, uh, my, me, myself, and Irene. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, oh, that's yeah. right. They did. Yeah, oh, that that's one. one. That's one of the a, yeah. greatest comedy. Okay, so one. yeah, so it is. Boy, we've really gotten far off sports here, but yeah. uh, oh, I, know I was what, interested about genetics. What you made me think of was the Cosby Show. You remember uh-huh. that? Because when I was a kid and I first saw the Cosby Show, and I loved that show, but I was so confused by how different skin toned all of the kids were from each mm-hmm. other, and then from the parents, and especially Sandra, because she was so light skinned. She was very light skinned. And it was like, wait a minute, how can that be there? You know, I didn't understand. That's right what, but that's why I wrote a, a you know? paper on it. Yeah. Because I didn't understand that either. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. But, but it's funny because from a white person's perspective. <laughs> You know, white people have just as wide a range of skin tone as black people. But because I think because, you know, the that darker color tends to stand out more, more it's no, more noticeable, mm-hmm. you know. So and as a white person, I think you just to, that's like stands well, out to you. you and know? also you just think about just it's just culture, right? Because, I mean, all of Europe was basically white yeah. or Caucasian in, in most senses. And then it is just, a sense of racism in a way. And it's not it's weird because cultural it's not like intentional like it's systemic yeah systemic that's yeah. a great word for it yes yeah it's just it's not it's, it's, there's no there's no intent done yes yeah. i'll you know. give you a great example and and look i i swear to god i'm not racist but <laughs> i do stupid things because i'm white so you know yesterday at work i have <laughs> the last name of a doctor spelled t-s-e and so i'm thinking C? to myself it's c Okay, well, you know, so my boss, who's of, you know, Latina, you know, descent, I, not for any reason, but I was like, hey, can you, how would you pronounce this? Sure. And, you know, and she was like, oh, see, 
you know? And I was like, yeah, that's how I say it. And then Zer stands up and, and I'm like, oh, hey, can you help me with this? Yeah. You know? And it and right away it clicks in my head. She is of Asian descent. Right. And I'm like, oh, just because she's Asian descent doesn't mean she's going to be able to help me pronounce an Asian person. Although it is a good assumption because she's been immersed in that culture and would probably know. Just has different how different spellings are pronounced in different. But that could languages. totally. But that's that systemic racism, right? Except that you know that her parents came over, so it's like that's she's true. not that far removed. You know, she's going to still have the culture, right? But you yeah. got to remember that was that actually was an episode of Seinfeld. Which one? Where they were talking oh, the, the Chinese woman, the Chinese woman, <laughs> oh, and then the, the Native American woman, and and then and, and the, uh, oh, the the right. the cigar shop. That's right. Yeah, so you would have fit on something there. But hey, before we go here, the Nuggets, thirty-five and fifteen, best start in the last for the first fifty games ever in the history of the franchise. Guys. Nuggets, dude, screw the Warriors. Love it. Yeah, love it. How much time do we have? There? Not much. Four, I think thirty five, seconds. Four, three. 28 full 28 seconds. seconds. All right. Well, Just had to get that Nuggets mentioned in there, man, because they are playing some good ball. Yeah. And well, they beat the Rockets last let's night. Let's root for some good uh, football commercials. The best commercial I can think of that I like lately was the Verizon uh, commercial that was a copy of the song. From I think Big they Red. ought to hire Geico. Geico does the great. They do. Geico All right, everybody, does. have a fantastic weekend and enjoy the Super Bowl. Offensive out.